Hello and welcome to Famicast 13. This is your June 2012 episode. I am JC and I've got a pretty big crew with me today. I have, of course, uh, Captain Eshop, Danny Bivens. Hi. And uh, Mr. Dan Koopman. <laughs> and we have Minoru back. Hello. Nice to have you back, Minoru. Yes, uh, indeed. Always good to have a uh, yes. Always good to have a Japanese person on the uh, the Japanese podcast. <laughs> so this will be a pretty uh, epic show. What we decided to do, because we couldn't have Matt on uh, today tonight, um, we've decided to do a two-parter. So this will be uh, quite a long episode. We'll do a fully featured first part. Um, talking to Dan about his E3 experiences and of course the uh, Nintendo Direct that just happened uh, as of recording yesterday and then in part two we'll have uh, some exciting Life in Japan talk with uh, Matt Walker so please stick around for that. So let's get started with some new business. said you haven't really been playing much so right why don't you go first sure um yeah obviously like james has said i haven't been playing too much but uh late last month i did pick up guild zero one which is a collaborative game uh, published by level five here there's a game from suda 51 um yut saito from of seaman fame uh matsumoto yasumi the <laughs> one of the guys behind uh final fantasy tactics and then there's a like these two Japanese comedians from I think it was like Yarigani America or something called uh, like that. America Zarigani. Um, America Zarigani. Excuse me. <laughs> Get it right, Danny. I'm stupid. What can I say? Um. Anyways, it's I haven't got a chance to actually play that one from the crawfish, if you will. Um. <laughs> but um. That's what Zarigani means, right? Right. Uh, but I did get to play, you know, just about every other game on the compilation, you know, including Kaiho Shoujo from Suda51, um, Aeroporter from Yutsaido, and then Crimson Shroud. Um, on the collection itself, I think probably my favorite game of it is Aeroporter, and what it is is uh, you are in charge of the baggage getting on, like, airplanes, basically, and... There are different like levels where the bags you know go through. People you know come to the airport, drop off their bags, and it's your job to control these different, uh, I guess, platforms or whatnot where the bags are kind of going around on these conveyor belts, and you want to make sure that um, the right color gets on the right color of plane. Uh, so, like for example, if they're you know, three planes are all assigned like a different color, and each bag is assigned a color for that plane. And I mean, it's really simple. Um, you know, you just use the shoulder buttons to. Uh, if you press R, you could make the bags go down a level. If you press L, you could like make them come back up if they, you know, hit that certain section. Um, I mean, you know, other than that, there's it, there's really not much more to it. I mean, there are. Well, you say it's you say it's very simple. I I played the game too, and so has Monero. It becomes really difficult to to white balance those uh, bags and not not make make sure that uh, those other bags from those other cars don't go 
on the wrong, like, corridor. Right. I didn't mean simple as in the fact that the game's easy. I meant, like, the concept yeah. is pretty simple and easy to understand. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, God, this game gets pretty crazy. Um, after a while, you know, you get four, five, six different platforms you have to worry about, and it, it, that's insane. Um, I, I, Don and Minoto have gotten a little bit further in the game than I have, and yeah, it's in complete insanity <laughs> when it gets to that point. So, um, uh, even at the beginning, I had a really hard time like grasping it hmm. because um, even at the early, um, pretty early on, it established itself as a pretty hard game, mm -hmm. like. Um, making sure you do all the right things in the right time in like in a timely fashion since mm -hmm. you only have like a few minutes to fill up a plane right. before it leaves out of itself and you lose those those points on money. Right, right, right. Um, so it is quite an archaic game in that fashion, but I really enjoy it in that way. It's um, it's hard, but a good kind of hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Minota, did you have anything to add to the game about the game? Well, uh, did you guys use uh, voice recognition? I did this game. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, sounds like you guys didn't know it was available. No, I, I knew. I, I, yeah. I knew it was available. I saw it in. I saw it in uh, because before I play a game, I always look at the manual. Um, but I didn't use that option. Just for this one game, or for all four games, or for this particular Just one. Just this one game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's available, but um, I, I haven't tried it. Cause I, typically, I don't know about you guys, with a lot of like voice recognition stuff, sometimes it can be kind of weird or doesn't work too well, or not as well as what so you think what, it what should. what do you say? I don't know, because I didn't even really try what? it. I don't remember <laughs> what no, it was no, saying. No, no, I just... no, what do you say? Do you say up, down, or something? Uh, 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 it specifies uh, what, what lane you want to um, load um, baggage, uh. just for this purpose. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I gotta say, from what from your descriptions, it does sound a hell of a, a lot like an iOS game. <laughs> I mean, I I think I've played a game similar to this. Maybe it wasn't using baggages, but I could see doing something like this on iOS. I don't know. One good thing I think about the 3DS, you got the physical buttons to do this, but which okay. could maybe get a little bit tricky if you have it on like an all-touch device. So it's kind of nice to have the shoulder buttons to you know raise and lower. Uh, the different um, platforms where the you know the conveyor belts are and stuff. I, if if you didn't have the physical controls, be I mean it's be doable, but it just wouldn't be. I don't think as simple. Feasible. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it just reminds me of this iOS game. I I forgot what it's called. I think it might be called Train Express or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's like trains isn't, going isn't across. Isn't that isn't that just not just another uh, flight control clone? Uh, no. It's okay. it's like um. It's like four tracks, and you have to kind of guide the trains down to the right track, you know, the right colored track. And it's, it starts off very simply, but then it gets a bit complicated. You know, you have to cross trains over the same track and avoid crashing and stuff like that. That sounds um, oddly familiar like flight control. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a flight control clone. But um, in, that, in that fashion... No, no, no. I, know, I know what flight control is. Now, this is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit different. I guess in the same vein, but yeah. Well, that, that, it's not kind of like a flight control game. It is in the fashion that you have to guide those bags to the right coordinates. Or, or trains, if you will. Um, but they're also for, for things like um, like the energy of the airport, where you have to um, bring an en energy bag all the way to the bottom 
to fill it by, and all those little things that make an airport interesting. So they throw some additional tweaks in there to make it more worthwhile. Right, right. So, so uh, Danny, any other games that hit you in Guild Zero One? Yeah, um, <laughs> there actually, like I said, there were four games. I, I played three of the four. One of the other ones um, is Crimson Shroud, and to be perfectly honest, I am not a fan of this game at all. Um, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> it's. I haven't played it yet, so I can't speak. Can't speak for this one. To put it bluntly, it's boring. Um, a lot. Okay. It's it's really text heavy, which you know that's. Whatever, you know. I just think the story is not too interesting. The, the characters themselves, I, I think the character models and stuff like that, that looks, you know, it looks fine. But it's kind of weird because they're just, like, little statues that you, I don't know, just see, like, talking that aren't, like, moving. I don't know. So it's just kind of bizarre. And it just, like I said, it just didn't grab me, at least initially. Um, who knows? Maybe if I play through the whole entire, you know, the entire game, maybe a little bit, be a little bit more engaging. I don't know, but from my little bit of time, like 45 minutes I played of it, because I just wanted to save after like about 20 minutes. <laughs> um, oh, right. Okay, now I remember. I think we talked about this off air, right? You were, you were trying to save it, but it was like you couldn't <laughs> yeah. get to the save point. Yeah. So I don't know, Don. Yeah. I, Don, you might like something like this. I'm not too sure. Okay, um, okay. But... I am just not a big fan, and it's just mm, okay. like I said, it's really Fair slow enough. going, starting off. And you know, like I said, who knows? Maybe it gets a little bit better um, once you get a little bit further into it. But um, I don't you know, know, we'll talk about it in the next episode. Possibly, I will give it a try then. Okay. So um, we'll see how I feel about it. Okay. I was just gonna say, I think they talked about that on the eight four podcast. Okay. And uh, said things like, "How about the static backgrounds and stuff?" It was very kind of you know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's almost like unfinished. It's just a the game. bizarre experience. I guess that's almost kind of like a good description of it. it. I don't know. It just seems like it could be a a whole lot more, but I don't know. Just like if it just... was a cartridge game, it would have been fully animated and voiced. Oh, it does have voices, right? Yes, and it is a cartridge game. But, I mean, you know, it's part of a oh, right. compilation. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> but... I, I don't know. I don't know why, but what, because it's split into four games i don't it feels like for eShop games i know they're not <laughs> eShop games but like right. i don't know i can't get over that yeah you know having four smaller games on one cartridge feels like you know why not separate them and put them on the eShop? but right hey that's just me right hey totally i totally understand and <laughs> kind of feel the same sentiment um <laughs> uh, the, the last game i played is uh kaiho shoujo and it's from Suda Fifty One, and it is absolutely insane in like the good kind of way. Um, if if you're <laughs> the kind of person who kind of likes just crazy, you know, anime type of style of games where everything is just insane, this is something that I think will really appeal to you. Um, basically, if I remember correctly, you're like the president's daughter, or you are the president, or something. It's, it's something she, absolutely... She, she is the president. She's the, pre uh, the second <laughs> she... president of Neo-Japan, and she... her father was uh, the first president of Neo-Japan, but okay. he was assassinated, so uh, she succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> and then, apparently, it's her duty to go out and, like, fight I don't know, like incoming enemies and stuff, as most presidents yeah. do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so you know, it's kind of just about like going out and just blowing crap up. I believe that's how Japanese prime ministers are re-elected. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Is that true, Minari? Uh, no. <laughs> well, maybe in the old days, well, not recently. Well, should be reelected. But uh, considering how weird Suda51 is, he, he does different types of weird. I think <laughs> it is in the same vein of like lollipop chainsaw weird. <laughs> like really outrageous concepts, but uh, very an archaic style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it all more, t- more enjoyable. So yeah. good on him. So I think the the concept I think it's really great and it's really hilarious um but for me I I've only played like just a very little bit of this game and one thing I noticed early on is that it keeps interrupting you like as you're playing as the stuff's getting kind of like fast paced keep getting interrupted and it's saying like hey if you want to to defeat this thing you have to do this or you have to do this try doing this you know and it just keeps popping up like every couple of seconds almost just stopping the action and then just telling you what to do. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can turn it off. That's the problem. Right, and I don't know if it keeps doing this like throughout the whole duration of the game, which could get a little disruptive. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't, then I could see this you know, being a really smooth, great experience, but if, if it keeps doing that, it's, like I said, just, the disruption's kind of annoying. Um, you, you can replay those levels separately. I don't know if they do it in those, but... Uh... Hmm. Maybe you've got stupid mode turned on, Danny. Maybe I do. <laughs> Maybe just a question: Are you playing it on easy? I. It's just should just be the default setting because I didn't. I think I just put it on normal. I think because that's right because you can select the difficulty, right? So. I think I think I selected normal. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I, I don't. I don't get it too much. So. Yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, it was noticeable enough to where it was just like. Really? Come on. Yeah, either way, even if it is on easy, that sounds a bit over the top. Yeah, or like, <laughs> yeah. I think a, a more effective way to do it is like, why not just have the guy, because the guy's like saying it. It's like, you know, voice acting, saying, you know, what to do. Why not just do that, turn down like the background noise and stuff like that and focus more on what he's saying, you know? Maybe do, just do the, do, do, just do his person on the touchscreen. What now? Do a barrel roll. <laughs> well. Yeah. Text, if you. Do you want to read it? You can do it on the touchscreen. I'm not talking about reading it. I mean, if if it's all this crazy actions going on, I think it'd be great. You know, it's voice acted anyways, so why not just say it and then just you know <laughs> do that and not yeah. pause the game. So I don't press know. Z or R twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly like Star Fox. <laughs> okay then. So good. But it's um, fun. Well, all I'll say about Guild Zero One, every time I see it in the shops, it, uh, the the front cover scares the shit out of me. Yeah, that just face with That's no disturbing. eyes staring at you is just bizarre. And ugh. yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Especially if you're in this like dark, you know, game shop with you know barely lit game <laughs> store, and it's like in this white box staring at you. <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. What are they gonna do for Guild Zero Two? <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to imagine it. That one is way more action based, so I wonder what they're gonna do for that boss. I wonder what. Yeah, exactly. That's. Yeah. They it's still have skull. to still have to announce the fourth game for that, don't they? I think. I, yeah. 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 Not yet. Not yet. I didn't know any of them had been announced. What is uh, Guild uh, Zero Two then? One of the games is made by Keiji Inafune, the the ex Capcom employee who controversially nice. went away. Um, and there is another game from. Man, I don't know from the top of my head. That's the problem with this one. Um, but I know three. Uh, I know that three of the games are announced, and I was pretty interested in them. But they haven't announced the fourth game, I think. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be um, 
Inafune's game is going to be Mega Dude Legends 3. No, it, it must sound like a, like a bug fighting game. Oh, that, that, that you, I don't know the exact specifics, but it was something like um, you are a person fighting bugs or something. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. Oh. A blue robot looking dude. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, I don't know. One last thing about Guild Zero One, like in terms of it coming outside of Japan, uh, I don't know. It's pretty weird. If it, you know, if if it came out to, out of Japan, I think each of these games would be perfect to have on like the eShop. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're bite sized type so. of stuff, and I think that's a suitable platform for them. I mean, it is a bit annoying because, like, in um, in the West, we're having the opposite happening. We're having order up going from retail to download. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, this is kind of like the opposite way, isn't it? Right. It's like, let's make download games on that cartridge. The problem was with uh, Order Up, that was a really situ- weird situation because in Europe it only just it just got released for 40 bucks in, in stores. Which um, yeah. which is still going on. And then you look at the American eShop and you see it for 10 bucks and you're like, ah, oh, you... You jerks. <laughs> yeah. One good thing about Guilds R1, though, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was like a full-priced, you know, 3DS game. I think the MSRP was like, you know, 3800 and I got it for like 33 So, I mean, you know, it's not too expensive compared to, you know, if most okay. 3DS games are going to be at least like 4,000, 5,000 yen. So, this is actually, you know, a pretty good deal. So, like for, for Japan. So. Okay. Um, so, I just looked it up. Um, so, Keiichi Inafune is working on a bug-themed survival panic action game. Um, <laughs> survival panic. And then um, Tamakato Kamaru, Eboku, Kazuya, and Noso uh, working on a, a suspense adventure game called Alone. And Ooh. then Kazu Ayabe, who's the creator of My Summer Vacation, is working on Kayu Kateru Kin Yobi. Which is apparently nostalgic feeling or something. Uh, I don't know. Cool. Well, I think ages ago, I think ages ago, we discussed about you know the possibility of Guild Zero Two happening, and obviously it is. So there you go. Yeah. Apparently, you also get a surprise if you both have the sa- a save file for Guild One and Guild Two. It unlocks the demo of Mega Man Legends Three. <laughs> oh, you you had to bring it up, did you? <laughs> Okay then, we gotta move on, we got lots to cover. Next up is me, and uh... Talking about picking up games for a reasonable price, um, I finally picked up Biohazard Revelations, and uh, I got it for an absolute steal. I mean, this is—it's a premium price uh, product in in Japan. Is it is it five thousand eight hundred or four thousand eight hundred, Danny? Do you know? I think it might be like five thousand eight hundred. Wasn't yeah, cheap. Yeah, so I, I got it. I got it. Uh, I got it used for two thousand five hundred. Hmm. Which is less than half price. I mean, I honestly thought they'd mislabeled it, <laughs> um, because they had, because next to it they had um, the mercenaries for like two thousand six hundred. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so anyway, 
I wasn't going to uh, ask the staff if it was mis, uh, mispriced, so I, got, I quickly uh, bought it. And uh, just one of the things that, you know, is just so good about buying used games in Japan, I crack it open, it's like, it's in perfect condition. I mean, it even smells new when I open it. Mm-hmm. You know, the manual hasn't been touched, and the, it's got the Club Nintendo uh, code in there. I put it in, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Okay, and somebody obviously erased the cartridge, so you know it was a fresh cartridge, and there were no save data on there at all. And it was just like it was literally like buying it new, but for like half price. <laughs> so just fantastic. And um, I'm as of this recording, I'm currently trying to beat the last boss. Oh. Um, so I'm. Uh, just yeah, I just think it's a really nicely paced game for, especially you know, for a handheld. Um, how the I like the chapters that they do, and the, you know, previously on Biohazard Revelations, <laughs> they recap the previous one. Because I've been playing like an episode, an episode a night, which is you know, it's quite a nice thing. It's like you know, watching an episode of a you know, DVD TV series or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's uh, yeah, just really nicely paced, nice, uh, um, and the, the story, you know, completely nonsensical story, of course. Uh, Biohazard Resident Evil game, but um, <laughs> it's still fun. <laughs> I I mean, I'm completely confused by the story, to be honest. It's like I'm pretty sure it contradicts itself like three or four times. But, you know, <laughs> what the hell? Just go with it. <laughs> it's fun, and. Um, I, obviously, I don't have the uh, Circle Pad Pro, um, so I'm playing it, you know, the regular way, and I'm having no problems with it. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing. Um, since many people have talked about this, I barely use my Circle Pad Pro for the games that actually intended for. Right. I mean, even I played there the demo. Go. I played the demo of this, and I didn't think the Circle Pad Pro made it any better. I know a lot of people complain about, like, oh my god, you need the Circle Pad Pro for this game. I didn't think so. I think it plays okay. It plays, no. it plays like, kind of like Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. You know what I mean? Which isn't yeah, bad. Exactly. Maybe when I do play it with the Circle Pad Pro, I'll think it's better, but you know, for now, I, you know, ignorance is bliss. It's, <laughs> it's fine to me. <laughs> so there you go. And um, I, I've had a chance to play some raid mode with uh, Minoru as well. Yes. And uh, but unfortunately, when me and Minoru played, I, d- I was I think I was only on the third or fourth chapter, so I hadn't unlocked that many levels. But um, and Minoru, you were like, what level are you? Yeah, I was uh, at level forty-eight. <laughs> 48, and 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 the level cap eight. is fifty. <laughs> okay, I think I was level eight at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of going into rooms and, you know whipping out a machine gun and piling like 5,000 bullets into a guy and then Minoru walks in and goes BAM! <laughs> kills it with one hit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, die, die, die. And I was tr- I'm trying to kill the guy before Minoru can walk in, th- in through the door and then he just walks in and blows it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, but uh, uh, w- w- what is nice uh, about this rider mode is uh, you can uh, level down yourself so um, so so in the second uh, session uh, i i um, i i leveled down myself right. to level 8 or 9 and I, yeah. and i also used uh, 
uh, lower level weapons. So that mm, did you yeah. did you Minoru because you were still blowing things away left right and center. Oh <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> yeah. Mm. Did you accidentally use a level fifty shotgun? Yeah, but uh, I I I, mm, <laughs> I I stopped you know, using them soon, and I, I picked up yeah. uh, lower level weapons during the session. So uh, so later I used them. Okay, okay. So you can use higher level weapons once you've unlocked the levels. You can use uh, higher level weapons even though you're level eight. Yes, I think so, so. At the moment, I can't do that. Okay. Right then. I see. Because I find myself picking up higher level weapons, but I can't use them. So I guess I've just got to reach that level before I'm allowed to use them. But yeah, it's really good. And I think it's going to be a good way to keep playing the game once I finally beat the last boss, who's a real, real bastard. Actually. <laughs> I've I've tried I've attempted I think I've tried three attempts and I've just uh just put it down and say okay I'll try again tomorrow. It's just a bit frustrating. But I, I think I've worked out a good good way to kill him but I uh, just haven't got around to it yet. Hmm. So yeah, um once uh once I do that then we'll have to tackle some higher level uh high level missions right Minoru. And when um when Danny finally decides to open his game. Hey, let me, let me tell the, you something. Take the wrapping hey, off. I opened it up and I went into the options because I just wanted to double check. I was like, cool, I can like play it in English if I want to. And that's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's Brilliant. all. Slow clap for Danny. But you could but you see that in the demo, Danny. I I know, I know. I just wanted to confirm that it was in the final retail version. And it was. So I haven't touched it since launch. Of course, launch. this is in the final week so I have This in the demo. Hey, this is in the final week I was thinking that hey, this is they had this all these options at the TGS demo last year. I thought it was just for the sake of the demo, just so they can have the demo all over the place. You know, that's what I thought. And I, d I double checked, and then I promptly placed it on my shelf on launch day. You know, as ridiculous as what Danny just said is, <laughs> um, I do actually understand. <laughs> I do actually understand because. It does have like French, German, Spanish, English, and Japanese, right? And like, and Italian voice. too. <laughs> and Italian, like all voices, right? No. So, I it, mean, yeah, all voices, voices yeah, all voices. So that's not, pretty yeah. amazing, right? So I can understand you thinking it might not all be on the same cartridge, right? Right. Boom. There you go. <laughs> and it... <laughs> the thing is, of course, they. Um, I think it came out the same week as Europe. So I was kind of suspicious of that already, but it made sense to me later. Um, surprisingly enough, America got it two weeks later than us, so hooray for that. There you go. So yeah, I'll um, yeah, I'll keep uh, next uh, next episode. I'll hopefully have beaten it and uh, played a lot more raid mode. Um, hopefully with more people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, <coughs> hint, Danny. <coughs> <laughs> and the other game. Um, Kind of related to our next uh, next segment when we're talking about Nintendo Direct, but um, the there was a f I think uh, two or three demos hit the Japanese eShop uh, in coordination with the uh, Nintendo Direct going live. Um, Just one. Uh, well, I think that at least two because I I downloaded two. No, the rest the rest of before. the rest of them the rest of them came out beforehand. All oh, right. Okay. I didn't see this one. It, I don't even know what the name is actually, but it was. Are you talking about Gone? 
No, 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 the other one. I'll, oh. I'll talk about Gone in a second, but like, okay. I, I couldn't even understand what the hell it H-V- was. H-V Odyssey? Yeah, I think it was that. H-V like, Odyssey I, I 4, yeah, that, that's the one that came out in coordination with uh, Nintendo Direct. Okay, okay. Yeah, I tried that, and I just couldn't get past the menus. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I gave up on that one. And I tried this other one, this uh, Taiken Ban Gone, Baku 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 Adventure. Yeah, that came out two weeks ago. Oh, really? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't you read my Didn't you read my eShop update? <laughs> I must have missed that one. No. <laughs> Danny feels um, very sad now. Apologize to Danny. Yes, don't apologize Sorry, ever. Danny. Don't apologize to me. What is What is Baku 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 Minoru? Is that like an eating sound or something? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's about this like little dinosaur dude. And uh, it goes around eating fruit, and then when you eat a certain amount of fruit, then you press X, and he kind of either heals himself or turns into like a he goes on fire and he goes crazy, invincible. It's just a very simple platformer, and um, I just thought it was a lot of fun actually. It was, it was really yeah. good, and I like the the way it uses the gyroscope. Like sometimes in the background, there'll be things in the background, and you press R. And then you can move the gyroscope around and you can find like enemies or secrets in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I thought that was a nice kind and of thing. The 3D use. is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 3D is really good. Like, even on maximum, it's not, you know, it doesn't like jump out at you, but it's just very subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, you can move your 3DS around a lot and it doesn't affect uh, the 3D. Um, which I think is what New Super Mario Bros. 2 is doing, right? Not going crazy with the 3D. So, you know. In a kind of intense situations, you're not. Um... Maybe we'll talk about it in a bit when we discuss it. But, uh... Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Gone. I'd I'd never heard of this character before. Uh, I think but, um... Danny Danny and I talked about it when it came out. Right. We, were, we were like really impressed by yeah. it. But we're not gonna buy it like when when the game is full price, right. but when it becomes cheaper or anything, we would buy it. Yeah, because I I really this enjoyed is, it is too. Is this an eShop game? No. It's it's a full retail game. It costs like five thousand. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I've kind of like balked at buying it. Uh, oh, of course. Actually, I was just in the in the game shop today, and I did see a, a kind of a, a display box for mm-hmm. it. So yeah. You know, actually, I, I think I read that this game is actually based on like an anime that just recently came out, and that's then like back a couple of months ago. Um, you know, it was announced, and then you know, this came out here recently. But, you, know. you know what? The graphic style mm-hmm. and the theme reminds me a lot of the Bonk games. <laughs> um, they do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not a huge fan of Bonk, but, uh, you know, this, this demo is really good. And, uh, yeah, I can see this being, I mean, if it's like, you know, fully, you know, it's got plenty of levels and stuff, I can see this being a retail game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's really good. But, but, of, but of course, it's, uh, it's an anime uh, game, uh, Danny. That's all what Bandai does these days. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, if this anime ever leaves Japan, maybe this game will go to whatever region that, you know, it goes to. Which would be kind of cool, because like I said, right. I think, that, that, at least from the demo, it was pretty solid. Yeah, the game the game was really fun. I kind of want it, but not for this price. Not really. Yeah, and it's going to have to have a serious name change <laughs> when it go, if it does go into <laughs> English, right? It'll be probably called Baby T-Rex Adventures or something like that. <laughs> Something like that. It's got a, like a little leveling up uh, system in it as well, right? Um, in the demo, you can level up two or three times and get like a higher, a longer energy bar and stuff like that. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. eat, cool. eat more food. It's cool. And I stuff, can yeah. see. Um, yeah. 
See you being a lot of fun. to uh, Minoru. Okay, uh, I wanna talk about the PS3 game, sorry in this, Tokyo Jungle. Uh, it's a PS3 retail and downloadable game. Uh, I heard... I'm uh, very interested in that, so please go ahead. Okay, I heard it's being localized for Western, or at least uh, for North America. And mm-hmm. uh, here's what this game is all about. Uh, the setting is post-apocalyptic downtown Tokyo around Shibuya. Uh, where human beings suddenly disappeared and uh, there you control an animal such as a pomeranian or a deer and <laughs> other 50 kinds of animals are unlockable uh, gameplay wise as uh, a genre of this game is called survival action and <laughs> your goal is just to survive and reproduce so, <laughs> so you hang around, look for food, uh, which is a prey or a plant, depending on the types of the animal, mark a territory, and then find a female animal of the same species. Escort to her a nest made with her. Then the screen is blacked out, your controller vibrates, you hear a howl, and you see children, and now one of them is your controlling character. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it so it's it's a five report with children. Yeah, uh, the number of children and uh, depends on the rank of your wife and uh, the best <laughs> <Okay>. wife will <laughs> um, uh, bear uh, five or four children, but the worst uh, uh, types of female has only two animals, and well. Uh, uh, so, so your siblings uh, are practically a, a spear of yourself. So when you die, uh, even uh, uh, so, so when you die, if your uh, brother is still alive, you you um, keep on playing with controlling uh, it. What an amazing concept. Let's hope this isn't used in uh, Japanese schools for sex education. <laughs> Let's hope it is. <laughs> it yeah. might well be. This yeah. game sounds amazing. Yeah, and and what is nice is the child has a better status than its parent, and you repeat this cycle uh, until you are killed or starved to death, uh, which, uh, which, which happens quite soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It's, it, again, it sounds like survival report with children. Yeah, haha, I see. And it did. I saw the, uh, I saw the TV commercial for this. Ah, uh, yeah, crazy. yeah, me too. And it did sound really intriguing to me at first, uh, but uh, here are my complaints. Uh, first of all, it doesn't look great. Uh, it looks like the HD version of a PS2 game. Animation is not good either. Yeah, and besides, you control, uh, you cannot control the camera at all, and the perspective is fixed like River City Ransom, and actually it feels like a 2.5D version of this kind of a game. Yeah, so. I see. 
So it does not look like a high-profile AAA blockbuster title. Uh, but uh, I'm not a graphic whore, so <laughs> graphics are acceptable. And uh, as I said, it was released as a retail and downloadable title. Uh, but I heard it was originally planned as a digitally distributed title, so okay. I guess graphics are not the uh, biggest sales point. And okay, what? Okay. So you downloaded it, Minoru? Yeah. How much was it? Yes, uh, it was about four thousand yen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And okay. and what I hate more is its unlocked structure. Uh, there are two main modes: survival and story. Survival is basically a score attack mode where you try to survive as long as possible and once you die you need to restart from day one. Uh, on the other hand, hmm. uh, the story mode is locked at first completely uh, except for uh, for tutorial and each chapter is unlocked one by one when you pick up three special items in survival. Uh-huh. But uh, like I said, in survival, once you die you need to restart from scratch. And I played many times to unlock chapter 2, which is, it was uh, frustrating. And I finally uh, unlocked it and played the chapter. Uh, But in the chapter there, I controlled again a Pomeranian. In the first scene, uh, the dog is like, man, I wanna fuck a bitch. Okay, I wanna (laughs) find one. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And there is a bitch nearby. I approached her. She followed me, so I took her to my apartment, and there came another cutscene. The controller vibrated again, and they have children. The next hand, children, uh, go to hand, and the chapter ended with a scene where Pomeranian family dined together peacefully. Nothing was revealed. I was like, what the fuck? And only <laughs> after you finish the chapter 2, you can unlock the next chapter in survival. So I will have to play survival god knows how many times. <laughs> Besides, you need to unlock other animals one by one. So I've never unlocked them. And I use a Pomeranian and deer again and again. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, so at least to me, gameplay uh, is very repetitive because um, I can use only a Pomeranian and deer. And walking around in Tokyo as an animal is not so joyful because <laughs> you die pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, and although and uh, this game has been heavily promoted, and eight uh, for play people and Red Sun gamers podcasts. Uh, said a lot of good things, so I downloaded it uh, because it's uh, uh, I, uh, like I said. So you're a bit disappointed yeah, there. Yeah, 100 yen cheaper than the retail version. Yeah, but uh, soon I regretted downloading it because I cannot <laughs> sell it. Yeah. Right, right. That's too bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this game, jeez. Um. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I do know. But not to get now. Thank you very much. Yeah. By and the way, Dan, um, Minori wasn't swearing before. Bitch is the name of a female dog. Bitch. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He said it in such a f- funny fashion. Sorry, man. Yeah. So, uh, so I got bored uh, with the game and 
One day I found a used copy of a spiritual predecessor of Tokyo Jungle discounted, which is, you know, Cubivore. Cubivore. Ah, Cubivore. Yeah. It is a spiritual predecessor in a way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. And uh, we have Johnny's review on the Japanese version titled Dobbs Bancho. Uh, that was written back in 2002, oh, 10 years ago. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Did he review it? Did he give it a score? And he gave it 8.5. Yeah. Alright, cool. Yeah. And so I recommend reading it if you are interested in the game. Uh, yeah. In short, I like it better than Tokyo Jungle. Because uh, <laughs> running around in the field, hunt and eat animals, and mate with females are more fun. And unlike Tokyo Jungle, you don't worry about starving in this game. <laughs> and uh, let me add only one point to Johnny's review, which is about texts. Uh, Johnny plays the Japanese version, so he said nothing about the writing. Uh, but I think all the texts, such as writing and names of buses like Dobutsu Bancho, Dobutsu Moto Bancho, Dobutsu Ichinichi Shocho, and whatever, and uh, they are um, also an integral element of its bizarre artistic style, like pretty much everything is made of cubes. And even, you know, the sun and the moon are cubes in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and the writing is mostly narrated from the first-person perspective. And at the end of every stage and every day, and before you sleep, and the character says something full of a joke. And at the end, he composes a tanka, uh, which is a Japanese metrical poem, uh, longer than haiku, uh, which is also hilarious. Right. Yeah, and this way <laughs> of conclusion uh, actually follows the tradition of Asian Japanese literature. Uh, I mean, uh, some works uh, end each chapter with this kind of a poem. Besides, uh, the manual recommends a player to use your name. So I did so. Then the first character is a pig or a buta in Japanese. So it was named Buta Minoru. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds insulting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Cubivore. Piggy, Piggy Minoru. Yes, exactly. It's insulting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, Cubivore. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a unique game. Very, very unique. Well, I can, I can obviously understand that. You know, obviously, back in the day when Johnny reviewed this, he would have, you know, no idea about all of these uh, in jokes and haikus and things like that. Written in Japanese, that would be very hard to understand. Yeah, I think so. I can imagine. And I hope they will make a sequel for Wii U with a character (laughs) editor that make use of the tablet. That'd be cool. Minoru, do you remember me telling you that this kind of reminded me of um, another game called Space Station Silicon Valley? Yes. You said that, that it actually wasn't released in Japan. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, th- I could be, I could be wrong on this, but I think it was a DMA design game. You know, yes. the guys who you know turned into Rockstar. Um, I think, I, I think that's right. And it's it's very similar concept. Like you start off as something small and you attack things and you you go into the body of something larger, you huh. know, and then it helps you solve puzzles in this huge space station. Very weird and crazy 
game involving animals, and it's just you know thematically just reminded me of that. Uh -huh. So yeah, right. there you go. That's your collection of crazy animal killing games for today. Yes, <laughs> because you need them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's the end of the regular new business, and now we're going to go into a bit of a special E3 new business with Dan Koopman. So... Don, are you ready to rumble? Is your body Reggie? Is my body Reggie? Uh, my body is always Reggie. Okay, Danny. good. Um, but uh, to set this up, I want to set this up in the weirdest way possible. That's my my first day in North America. Oh, this is your first time in the U in the US. My, I want to set up my first my first moments in actually stepping through to North America. I was actually there. So, so I arrived that that Friday evening, and um, my hostel was laid, located at Hollywood Boulevard, at the very end of it. So I could just walk up on the Walk of Fame, and there I was, Hollywood. Um, so that was kind of crazy for me because you always see it in those um, ridiculously long travel videos. But there you was, <laughs> and it was pretty early in the morning, and I was walking with my colleague um, over that um, over that road there of Hollywood Boulevard. And the first person we encountered in the United States said, Go out of my way, you piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, that was, um, that was obviously US Customs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After you got Oh, no, the customs, U U then, US yeah. Customs were way worse than that, but that was my first real experience <laughs> in North America. This, but, um, I'm glad it was a good one. Okay, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you really want to know about US Customs, let me put it this way. So I came into the U.S. with Germany. Um, my suitcase was still on the other side. I was waiting for that and had to go to, through customs. And the custom guys are freaking, like, they're freaking serious to you. They want to ask you, so what are you doing here? Um, can you tell me where you're staying? How long you will be staying? All these very serious questions to you. You have to look in the entire time into a webcam. <laughs> And then you have to say, and also say that you um, re respond to these questions faithfully or something. And then you can go through. So customs were also a nightmare, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't as weird as my first day in North America. We just start to realize, oh yeah, you're in this other country, on the other side of the world. <laughs> One piece of advice: always stay away from the ones with wearing rubber gloves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not talking from personal experience. Well, maybe partially. <laughs> anyway. But but yeah, my first day in America, first thing that everybody said to me, get off my way, you piece of shit. <laughs> Hilarious. That's great. So how was E3 done? Was it all your dreams come true? Okay. People are going to hate me for saying this, but Gamescom is more crazy than, than E3. Because... Um, well, two things. First off, this is a very business-related event. So all the people you're going to encounter are, are pretty much civil people who want to get their jobs done. Um, yeah, well, it's been toned down in the past few years, hasn't it? Yeah. Where Gamescom is this outrageous event where fans and press walk through white, white each other and don't cooperate, really. <laughs> um, 
and it makes for some really drastic and pretty outrageous results when you want to go to a certain event or something. So for me, it was I could get to everything timely during A3. It it wasn't it was really for work. It was nothing that um, you would say magical. Um, okay. Like like a PAX or a Gamescom, that's more magical. This is really business related, so uh, that's exactly what I was hoping for, and it was actually was. It was even less than I would hope to be, but it was still very impressive to me how everything was set up. Um, and then I go to like play all the games, and I could play all the games in a very nice fashion too. There was no- nothing like a very long line to to wait for or to or to deal with. Cool. The only the only long lost lines I really saw were like at Activision booth where everybody was standing for a Call of Duty line or something. Well, Dan, you you've been quite lucky these past couple of weeks, right? Because you came straight back from E3, and then immediately after that, Nintendo of Europe set up uh, a Wii U event to play the same E3 games, right? So you had yeah. two chances to play the Wii U games. So over those two events, you've pretty much played everything. That was there to offer, right? Yeah, and I have a pretty good opinion of most of them. Okay then. So, I'd like to start off with asking you about a very well, probably a bit of a strange one. Um, sure. Because we, we've heard we've heard uh, RFN and uh, Connectivity. You know, those guys have talked about um, you know the big games like mm-hmm. New Super Mario Brothers, U, etc. So I want to know a little bit more about this tank, 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 <laughs> because this was a, like a three, a four-player, four-player simultaneous uh, multiplayer game, right? Yeah, that's and correct. Yeah. So three guys are on the on the on the TV, and one guy's playing on the gamepad. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So did you have a chance to play uh, on the gamepad or on the TV? Um, I was actually playing with. Um... With a Wiimote in like um, in the Wii Wheel. Uh, uh, sorry, a Wii Wheel. Yeah, with the Wii Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. So I thought this was like a pointer-based game. So you need to point to shoot. No, no. You just it, turn. Yeah, you turn around. <laughs> turn and to, shoot. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this is a lot simpler than I was imagining. It, 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 yeah, it's an arcade game, so it shoots automatically right. up on the right position for you. Okay. 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 I see. So this, yeah, it's it's interesting because you know you, there's four play, players playing at the same time, but only three are on the TV. So the fourth is on the gamepad, right? So yeah, I was I was thinking, you know, um, like how does that work? I mean, for other for other possibilities of this, you know, you could have like just say even a two player game where one guy's on the TV and one guy's on the gamepad. I mean, that'd be pretty cool, right? Did, yeah. Was that option available in? Tank, tank, tank. Not so far. No, I only played okay. like a four-player option. Only they only had four-player setup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but if you think about it, for even games like Mario Kart or something, you know, that'd be pretty cool, right? Like one guy on the TV and one guy on the gamepad, and that way there would be no cheating, not knowing what item you have, and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but in a game like Tank, 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 you're mostly cooperating to defeat all those all those enemies. The only okay, thing, it's a the only thing. Game. The only okay. thing that's cooperative is your score, really. So. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I thought it looked kind of like a little. If it was a downloadable eShop game, you know, like 
five dollars. That'd be all. I played one good. mode and I wasn't really impressed by it. It was. Um, it looks terrible, but you know, for five dollars, it would be okay. No, everybody said it looked terrible. I thought it looked okay, um, but I wouldn't spend full price on this game for certain. <laughs> yeah, because I, I played game. this. I played the same game in the arcades. The, the arcade machine is basically a large side of the country from me away, so I've been to that arcade place like multiple times and played it there. So I knew the arcade version existed, and that was, I believe, two players. Um, so playing it with four players is pretty impressive, but nothing more than that, really. Okay. It was a very strange one to pop up <laughs> at E3. But yeah. uh, I guess they just wanted to show off, you know, four-player uh, games, how they could be used, another way that they could be used. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that a good way of game. thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, um, Danny. Yeah, um, I had a question about We Fit You. Uh, oh. we, we were talking a little bit before the show, and um, I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of the original We Fit, and also, um, you know, the sequel that came out too. And you know, I'd probably put like somewhere between like eighty, ninety, hundred hours or something like that into it, and um, hmm. so. <laughs> I you know I didn't really see you know too much of it and there's really not been a lot of coverage about it but like is it more in terms of like I guess visual style and stuff does it look more or less the same menus everything it just does it look exactly the same just with updates so or, so so far I've seen um, the updates have been not very significant in the menus wise or um, how the game looks okay um, but it's more how like the gamepad and the TV and the rebalance board I used, mm-hmm. which make it more for more important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the games I played was the rowing one, um, and I saw it basically sat on the rebalance board with my uh, remote, and I was waving it back and forth um, <laughs> to uh, do the motions correctly. And in the screen, I could see like the the rowing team leader shouting words at me from from forward back, forward back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got instructions basically on my gamepad while I was rowing all the way across um, back and forth. Okay. And it was really intense too because you really had to move your 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 back really to the front and really all the way to the the, the back of the the rebalance board. It was a, it was a really intense experience too. Hmm. Um, another one that used the gamepad in an interesting way is um, bobsleigh, mm-hmm. which doesn't really seem like much, but um, once you play it, um, the Wii U gamepad uh, notices how quickly you're moving your arms to make speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you just move your butt around the gamepad and move as quickly as possible to the to the bottom of the slope. Okay. Hmm. Um, Did you have a chance to play the Super Mario Sunshine one, where you kind of spring oh, water yeah, the, and the, stuff? Oh, the, the, the water pump one. Yeah, I, I played that. Basically, um, so you use the gamepad. And it's gyros to move around and um, um, aim at at mees that are incoming and basically fueled with mud. <laughs> and then you use the you basically step on the rebalance board um, a little or much to pump a significant amount of water to those mees and um, and score points. Okay. So if you press it a little bit, then only a little bit comes out. Yeah. If you Does press it really hard, a really mm. a gigantic flood of water comes out. <laughs> Because what I what I when I saw that video, I thought, why is the guy standing like that? Why not just like stand on the balance board and just you know 
hold it out. It seemed like... No, basically your pump is the balance board. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay. That's answered my question. Yeah. It just seemed like an excuse to hold your arms out. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, why not just hold a book? <laughs> yeah. Another one that was surprisingly fun um, was uh, the dinner course. So basically, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. basically you're standing on the balance board and your uh, Wii U gamepad is the plate where all the food goes on to. <laughs> so you have to walk towards the Mies on the on the Wii balance board and at the same time you have to balance the Wii U gamepad with the food that's on, the, on, the, on your little uh, table there. <laughs> Interesting. So cool. I had a, quite a good amount of fun with Wii for you. I was really surprised by it. Cool. Um, it obviously begs the question how, I mean, obviously all first party games are going to be downloadable as well as on a disc, but like, I think this game, it has to be downloadable, I mean, f to to be used, right? That was the whole annoying thing about Wii Fit, is like you had to go and get the disc if you wanted to play the games and stuff like that. You could only weigh yourself if you were using the Yeah, channel, and, and right? you, 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 right. you could uh, weigh yourself and do the balance test. Yeah, mm -hmm. which would was lame. So if this is downloaded onto your system, this makes so much more sense. Of course, you can still put your own save file onto the Wii U again. Mm -hmm. So um, the only yeah, thing you need to do is download. Time. The only thing you needed to do is download a game from the eShop then, which would be very handy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, which begs the question: you know, how much would this cost? Would this right. be you know a, a budget uh, release, or would this be just full on forty dollars or what? Because right. Wii Fit Plus. Was cheap, right? Depends if you need the balance board or not. If you have the balance board, I think it will only be a twenty dollar upgrade. Yeah, I, I would hope it's a twenty dollar download because because they done yeah. it because they have done it with WeFit Plus, mm -hmm. and I think they're gonna do that again because that strategy works. Yeah, I think that's that's a good idea because man, fifty bucks for this—that's just way too much. And of course, everything that's already existing on the current um, version of. Um, uh, we've, we fit, um, and, and people that already are aware of that, it makes sense to only make the $20 download. Mm -hmm. And for the people who need it with a balance board, they can buy the pack separately mm -hmm. and then get all the experience they haven't had before at the same time, which makes a whole lot of sense. I'd, I'd hope that the, the new pack-in, you know, the we fit you pack-in, I hope that because the balance board is obviously a lot cheaper to make these days, I would hope that would they would bring the price down to like you know maybe sixty with the balance board or you know sixty five or something like that because it, is it eighty at the moment in Japan it's or like it's, it's, it's like it's like eighty eight hundred yen you know almost nine thousand yen right 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 that's ridiculous <laughs> you know but yeah they need to make this thing cheaper because uh, it's just going to be the same tech right they're not going to improve the balance board because that would you know make everything incompatible right right so, yeah. So. Hopefully they've uh, got their cost down for that. Min Minoru, do you have any uh, games you want to know about? I have a question about Just Dance 4, which I'm not interested in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does a player with a gamepad do? I heard uh, choreograph mode or something like that, but I have no idea. Oh, Reggie did that, right? Um, so basically what Just Dance 4 is going to do with the gamepad, it's going to do a few different things. First, there is a sort of VJ mode in there, um, which they haven't unfortunately shown. They have a lot of things they're going to do with the, with the Wii U gamepad that weren't shown during E3. Um, the main focus there was showing the 
indeed what you just described in the choreograph mode, where you would basically choose the various moves that dancers would do. And actually, I found myself having fun with that. Um, I can see, definitely see my fun having fun with my younger sister, who loves Just, just Dance. Um, but they haven't shown any other functionality which they promised basically in the press release or the trailers. They only have shown choreograph mode. Hmm. Okay. I still I have no idea. You know what sucks about Just Dance Four, apart from everything, is that <laughs> is that it's still using freaking Wii Wii remotes and probably just regular Wii remotes. Is it was so? It... What it, it works just fine. I think it's a fun game. Well, yeah, but you could just put the washing machine on the back of your dog and let, have him run around the living room, and you'd still get a hundred percent. No, you could in the first one. In the third one, you can't anymore. You have to remove those moves. <laughs> but when you compare it to things like the Connect game, where it's like it's reading your whole body movements and stuff, it's like, uh, dude, I, I see what you're saying, but that's not the point of Just Dance. Yeah, I guess it's just you know wailing it, arms around. Well, I, I have the feeling I have to make the moves more accurate with the third installment. With the first one, I will definitely agree with you. It was very easy to get 100%. They didn't try to make that game good. But the Wii U gamepad has a camera now. It's like, they, they, <laughs> you could do they, something. They like could. That. They, they definitely could. Um, but like with with the third one, I had really the idea that I have to make my um, my moves good. My moves plenty of uh, healthy to make it work. So, I have some good hopes for the fourth one, actually. Okay, that's enough talk about Just Dance 4. <laughs> Be- because, um, you, because you weren't, you weren't interested in it anyway. I like it as a party game, very much so. So, I had, I had one last question, actually, about something that, again, it was just kind of teased a little bit, and I don't even know if I've even read any impressions. Um, Wii U Panorama View, did... Sh- okay. <laughs> I mean... You know, we've seen this a little bit, you know, in the conference and stuff. But like, what kind of views do you have? What kind of uh, backgrounds were available to see, like, at the show? And what? Um, they had like four different um, panorama views to explore, uh-huh. and I think one of them was either Kyoto or Tokyo, mm-hmm. and one of else of them was London. Okay, the London was actually more was actually the most interesting one because you could switch in real time between night and between night and day with the i button on the Wii U gamepad. Oh, cool. Uh, and it was basically a bus tour and you would move around and see the different things from a different perspective and on the TV screen the guy with the Wii remote would look at your perspective or the perspective of the of the entire of the entire view or separate di- different kind of modes like that. Okay. So was this video or CG? Was it like It was real-time video. That's amazing. Like so is this like the technology they use for making Google Maps and stuff, those kind of like 360 degree cameras or something? I guess that's how they recorded it. Cuz that's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like interacting with, you know, real-time video. Mm-hmm. It's like like that. It's pretty crazy. So this is obviously going to be uh, an installed app, isn't it? Like uh, pretty much like the AR games. I I, I think they will. Yeah. Uh, maybe they won't even more views, which would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like like I have like a world map of several different views on there. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of intriguing to watch. Yeah, this is like it's going to be something on the home screen when you boot up 
your Wii U, just so you can, you know, quickly show off how cool the gamepad is to, you know, friends who are coming around to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the AR games. Well, yeah, well, you access you access directly the home menu from your gamepad. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, this is controlled yeah, so. via gyro too, right? Yeah. Like, is how is the gyro controls? I mean, you, typically I'm a kind of guy who stays away from like gyro control type of stuff because sometimes it's just awful. Um, but how did it feel with this? So, I played it with several different locations. So again, with WeFitU, with Nintendo Land, um, with where are other games? Uh, oh yeah, Game and Wario, um, and of course um, th- those game those games use that use that style intensely, where you have to move your uh, Wii U gamepad around. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, I've used it. I didn't have really have a problem with it. Okay. Um, the movements that you can make are very subtle, and it works really well. Okay. So, I, n- I never had a problem with that, really. Okay, cool. I, I remember hearing last year when, you know, Zombie U, when it was called Killer Freaks from Outer Space, mm-hmm. I, I remember them um, showing a, a mode where you could actually control the game using the gyro, like a first-person shooter, but you know, using the gyro to look around. Oh, God. And I was a bit kind of like, hmm, apprehensive about that being in an FPS game, but sounds the, like that the actually, is the not actually, in a zombie Yeah, game. they actually removed that, yeah. They, yeah. Instead, this is something that is interesting. So, in the multiplayer in Zombie U, uh, one of them is so, is so the, zombie, the zombie puppet master. Uh, and basically, you have this map where you can place zombies everywhere with the touchscreen. Um, you can place like ten zombies at a time, and it's basically a capture the flag game. So one person uh, playing the game with the Wii U uh, Pro controller, and the other one uh, placing the zombies with the Wii U gamepad. And I find myself really having fun with that. Yeah, that sounds cool. And that's that's taken from Killer Freaks, right? Yeah, that was the uh, same as last year. So I'm glad they kept that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really good thing. Hopefully, that's all online as well. I think that's one of the questions you asked if if the touchscreen feels alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, that's um the big thing on everyone's mind, you know, how sensitive is the uh gamepad's touchscreen. I okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a problem with the Wii U gamepad touchscreen. I've played like the the, the Ninja game, uh, Takamaru's Ninja Castle. Um mm. I I flinked those um um Ninja Touch, stars. The, the Ninja Stars without any big problems, really. And the same goes with the the, the bow and arrow game and game and Wario. I've never had a problem with moving the touchscreen around. Okay. Well, they talked about this in RFN, didn't they? Like how it, it could be like the film over the the, the touchscreen itself is thinner than on the 3DS, hmm. so mm-hmm. it's kind of it's more sensitive. Hmm. Yeah. Did you did you feel that it was thinner, like it? it it kind of deformed when you put your thumb on it, that kind of thing. It 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 felt loads better than the 3ds touchscreen. Right. And okay. it's it, remember this is still capacitive touch, so right. for me it was really surprising that it felt this good. Well, that's good to hear. That's good yeah. To hear. It's kind of it's kind of a split opinion across the staff, I guess, but um, it's good to hear that you know some people like it. Um, the only other game that I would, uh, like to know about is the, uh, Rabbids Land, because 
I can't see any footage of this. Um, I don't know if it's it wasn't allowed or something, but um... it, it it was allowed, but nobody really looked at Rabbit's Land. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because I was trying to work it out from the, the pre-rendered trailer. I have no idea what kind of game this is. <laughs> Basically, Rabbit's Land, it's, it is a minigame collection, but one of the players always use the gamepad, and one of the players always use the Wii Mode and check or just the Wii Remote. Um, okay. So, the the minigame mentality has a lot of... It feels a lot of like... the original Wayman Raven Rabbits where the minigames were quite large right quite large and very inventive. Um and 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 all the minigames basically I played, um me, uh the user with just the Wiimote and the Nunchuck had a completely different experience from the guy who was using the gamepad because we both were ha- would have different roles assigned to us during the certain minigames we've played. So in one minigame uh, the 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 guy with the the Wii U gamepad could, with the Wii U gamepad uh, moved like a big um, boulder around and had to squash me while I was moving around my rabbit with the Wii remote and the nunchuck. Hmm. And another mini game, um, we were pl- the the guy. With, I don't know if it was the guy with the gamepad or the Wii remote nunchuck in this fashion, but one of the uh, one of the players basically uh, was playing a rhythm game where we had to. Um, Press a button or move, make a motion at the exact same time, and then uh, flying fireballs would come out at the other player, and he had to dodge them and try to get to us. Okay, so it's 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 kind of like a, a, a just a, a mini game collection, but all using the gamepad, and yeah, is it, so they're all kind of multiplayer um, games. Ex- yeah, no... most all the mini games we played in that in that small. Um, section are all multiplayer experiences. Yeah, one of the biggest, you know, things that I always thought about after seeing Nintendo Land is that you know, there's all this talk about asynchronous multiplayer and, you know, five player multiplayer games. It's like, yeah, great, but like when am I ever going to play a five player multiplayer game? Well, well they have said there are like single player things in every single attraction. Yeah, so an- another thing that's not clear is that I mean, I've heard people say that there's going to be multiple games in each section of Nintendo Land. Yeah. So, like, not just the ones that we saw, but, you know, like, say, let's say the Takamaru's Castle. I think it's similar to how, like, um, Wii Sports Resort or, um, what is it, like, uh, Wii Play Motion is handled. Wii Play Motion is handled. There are separate modes in each attraction. Okay, well, that's different from what I was hoping. I was hoping for, like, you know, a couple of Zelda games that were completely different in the Zelda area or something no, like that. It, no, it, it, it's still the same brand and, and naming, but it's, it's different modes for each type of um, activity you're doing, so single player or multiplayer. So it's just going to be, like, a time attack and a score attack and whatever versions of the same game. Not necessarily, but they haven't specified on what those things are going to be. Well, yeah. Well, actually, if you think about it in Wii Sports Resort, the um, the sword fighting one, there were two quite different uh, modes in that, weren't they? There was the one on top of the, the, the tower where you're just fighting one guy. And then in the single player, they also had like... Um, like know, different kind of, courses where you would uh, yeah. fight those different Mies, yeah. You fought a hundred guys, right? I mean, so that was it, it, pretty yeah, cool. So, yeah, it, it, it could be something similar to that. Like I said, it's the style they like to do. It's, it's similar to how they handle these sports resorts. So I think 
there, there will still be the same motions, but different activities within the same activity, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it's just um yeah, yeah I'm so just that's hoping what I'm shooting for. It's got a lot it a lot to it. Because is it eight or twelve areas? Uh, tw in the twelve game? areas. Twelve areas I mean that's just the same as Wii Sports Resort, isn't it? But it's yeah. just Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how that game uh turns out. I, I was uh, again I must say I was really impressed by Nintendo Land. I, I, I think all of those games I've played there in that in that section of the booth were wonderful. Yeah, they they do like a, a lot of fun, but like I said, five player games. I don't want only five games that are fun only in five players. You know, I want to be able to play with either by myself it's, or it's with Nintendo, one other person. They're not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was just wasn't the focus, was it? At E three, it was the, like... the, the focus. What E three was on multiplayer experiences, mostly from what I've played there. Like oh, the most games I've played, except for like Project P one hundred. Um, were mostly focused on what multiplayer does for them. Yeah, a minimum of four players. <laughs> Most well, games. Well, well, also Game of Warrior was mostly single player and Schumann's Unlimited, I think, too. So I played sure, a few sure, more sure. of them than I'm describing or just said, but most of the games I played there were multiplayer. But I, that doesn't mean I didn't have fun playing most of them. Even Mario was five player. <laughs> Pretty crazy. No, right? not really. Um, so, I don't know where you heard this information. Um, but it could be as well, but I don't think it is. But four players are playing the game, and the fifth, five, fifth player on the video gamepad is um, putting blocks everywhere. Five players, right, then? Right. So, that's five players, it, then. It, 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 well, yeah, yes and no. So, it, it's hard half. to say. Yeah, four and a half. Let's put it that way. Um. But you can get some terrific speed ones out of that, though, if if you want to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, even two-player would be fun, I guess, if you yeah. got somebody who's competent playing well, the game. Uh, it, or competent to handle, like, placing those blocks in the Wii U gamepad. I think you can get some terrific results out of that, playing through those levels. Okay, then. So, that wraps up our little E3 special segment of new business. So, let's move on to Nintendo Direct. Okay then, so Nintendo Direct, um, it uh, happened on the 22nd of June, which is... I think... And I said there wouldn't be one directly after E3. Well, yeah, no one expected them to do it, right? But um, yeah, pretty crazy. So it's looking like it's every couple of months, right? So uh, Every two months. Yeah, look for the next one sometime in August, probably. So this one was uh, Wii and uh, 3DS focused, and uh, it turned out to be... Uh, pretty good one and some people are saying it was better than e3 the e3 conference <laughs> and and uh, i'm inclined to agree yes pretty crazy so it started up with uh, iwata in some kind of huge hall right what the hell was that place it looked like a sports it, it was no it was there it was their motion capturing hall from the from the second nintendo direct oh really it looked a lot bigger yeah so um so yeah, it started off with Iwata looking like uh, Dr. Kawashima from the, the, poly the polygonal version 
his face came up. He he, he called himself also a Polygon Iwata. So. Polygon Iwata, yeah. And uh, in celebration of the Oni training, the brain training uh, game that's going to be coming soon. And then Real Iwata came up and recapped E3, blah de blah de blah. He didn't admit that it was a pile of crap, but there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, amazingly, Megaton, straight at the beginning, there was new information on the development of Smash Brothers. And uh, he announced that Namco Bandai, Namco Bandai Studio, are going to be working as the developer on the game. So uh, Kobayashi from Namco Bandai, who worked on Go, Go Vacation, I mean, they did talk about this on uh, Connector Bytes, actually. But um, so basically, this is just to help speed up the process of getting uh, the next Smash Brothers games out. Obviously, they. I was I was pretty excited that um, that Tails lead uh, Higuchi was also on board as the producer. Um, but yeah, it seems like that they have a lot of influence. But at least Sakurai is still yeah. the lead, pro- like the project lead. Yeah, people don't need to worry. So. Sakurai is there. He's he's be, he'll be guiding everyone. It, it'll be a Smash Brothers game. It won't be an Amco Bandai game uh, by the look of it, but you know those are guys are helping out because we want this game to come out before 2015 for Christ's sake. So <laughs> let's hope it is a 2000, an early 2014 or summer 2014 game, which you know at its earliest. I I, I am I am happy that they chose the developer that they chose because I trust Nemco in doing some good products. Yeah, because I, even if you don't like a game, you could never say it was technically flawed. That's true, yeah. Go Vacation was probably one of the best uh, mini-game collections on the Wii, right? On Wii, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the Tales series. Um, again, if you name a game from Nemco, it has been no- nothing but... Um, if you, Again, even if you didn't like it, never technically flawed. So that's why I like about Nemco. So I think they chose pretty much a good developer to help them. Yeah, and, and a developer they trust. It was kind of one of those, um, you know, Metroid Other M type moments, wasn't it? It's like, huh? You know, those guys are working <laughs> on it, but <laughs> no, for me it wasn't that kind of surprise. Really, I thought, yeah, that's really cool. I like that. For me, with um, Teen Ninja and Metro- Metroid Other M, it was like, hmm, I wonder if we'll, this will turn out okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with James. It's like as soon as I heard this, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty surprising." I mean, this isn't something that you can easily could have predicted. How in the hell could you? You know, it's almost kind of like you know, back in the GameCube days, you know, with Sega, you know, working on F Zero and you know all that type of right, stuff right, was right. happening too. Um, so it's like really awesome surprises, and I'm really glad that you know this is going to you know going to be coming about well, this way. It's it's not the first time that Nemco oh, right. and Nintendo team up for like a direct game. Right, but for like Smash Brothers? I mean, this was pretty crazy. Um, I'm happy though that they're working yeah, together. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So what's that mean then? Tekken characters in Smash Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most fun mer- memories of them working together Namco and Nintendo is of course Donkey Konga. Mm-hmm. So seeing them team up together is for me like a dream coming true. There you go. So Danny, what do we got next? So next, you know, Iwata was highlighting some Project Zero uh, 2 Wii Edition and kind of talking about the two-player Ghost Mansion mode. And uh, me and Don were kind of talking about this a little bit beforehand. I guess what you can do if somebody is playing the game and if you 
<laughs> if you're a real bastard and you hide the second Wii Remote in your pocket and you start pressing the A button, um, you could start kind of freaking the people out. What is it? Ghosts <laughs> appear and stuff like that. Yeah, go, ghosts appear and, and sounds come out of the other players. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's the perfect Turkish multiplayer mode they could have added for that. Yeah, game. so that, that's pretty interesting. I mean, it's not something that's gonna like you know make this be. A, uh, totally amazing, but it's just a really cool kind of addition to the game. Well, that's that's what a single player already is, yeah. because the single player is still the same robust one of the original, exactly. which I pretty much enjoyed. So, exactly. hey, I like extra stuff. That's what I want to buy it for, right, so right, happy right. with this. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. There you go. Keep going, Danny. Next one. Okay, so next, you know, even though this news kind of broke earlier, uh, Iwata was introducing the Kirby Wii collection. Um, you know, he's talking about the three different modes. You know, first... Um, the games in the collection itself, you know, there's Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy, uh, Kirby's Adventure from the Famicom or NES, uh, Kirby's Dreamland 2 from the Game Boy, Kirby's Superstar for the, from the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, Kirby's Dreamland 3 from the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, and uh, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards from the Nintendo 64. Uh, one of the things he was talking about, and actually showed some, you know, video footage of this too, is the Moto Challenge stage, where uh, the changes are the challenges are based off of, you know, the Kirby's Adventure Wii uh, game from last year, where there were... I that was guess, a nice I, surprise, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, in that graphical style, and I believe there are actually, like, ten that are in the game. Uh, just basically, you use different powers to complete different challenges and stuff. So, you know... I wonder how much there will be in this one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought they said ten, if I remember correctly. Um, but that's but, pretty know, that cool, that. The, they've actually using the doing the most up to date Kirby game and you know putting those extra things in. I mean, it's like, <laughs> do you remember the the Famicast we were talking about this probably the last episode? And you know, mm -hmm. I predicted that it'll probably just be Superstar on a disc. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy to be wrong in this case. Very happy to be wrong. Right, right. Um, but it's it's not all because there's also yeah, and then uh, they have the Kirby history mode, which is. Uh, it gives you, it's kind of like a timeline where it shows not only, you know, just a history of like the games, but it shows history of uh, the different movies, comics, anime, Kirby products. And then it even has, like, for, let's say, for example, there's a movie or something like that, or an anime. If you click on it, you could see video clips of it. I'm imagining it's. Well, I, f I think, I think the actual complete, like, Sec like episodes of the anime are actually on the disc. I think. Really, I don't. I wouldn't imagine they put like the whole yeah. series or something. No, not the whole, not the whole series, right. but they said a few episodes. I think that's what they said. Well, they had the Kirby Channel, didn't they, on the Wii? Yeah, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it, it's running again. They're running that promotion again um, through like to the end of the summer. Yeah. Hey, it's Nintendo. They own it, right? So why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, to, even if you wanted to look like some manga or something like that, you can click on it and even, like, read through, probably, you know, if, if you can do a couple episodes of anime, I don't see why you couldn't do a couple of, you know, uh, you know, books, manga books or something like that. So that's pretty cool. And then... Yeah. And the game, too, comes with a soundtrack that's full of, you know, music from the games and probably a couple of sound blips, if, <laughs> if it's going to be anything like what was found in the Mario collection. But, uh, and then it also comes with a booklet. It's like a little art booklet and stuff like that. And it's coming out here in Japan on July 19th, priced at 3,800 yen, uh, which is pretty decent for a Wii game. And um, also there's a like a, some kind of a campaign on Club Nintendo where you could win uh, various little things, like a little badge collection, some beach cushions, or even like these little 
Actually, the Kirby disc case, that is awesome. It's just like this little cute little Kirby on top of like this disc <laughs> case. It just looks great. Can you imagine if they did this for the Mario one? You'd have Mario Land on the Game Boy, and then you know, like Mario sixty four on the Nintendo sixty four, oh, like did the equivalent, and then have you know New Super Mario Brothers Wii bonus stages or something like that. That how yeah. amazing that would be. You know, it's this almost makes me think that you know, yeah, Nintendo made a boatload of cash off of the Mario collection, and it was just yeah. basically dumping a ROM on a disc, shameful, and then shameful, yeah. Cash. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and they sold it for pretty cheap, and they sold, like, two million copies, and they, like I said, they made tons of money, but it's almost kind of like they took the criticism for this and kind of looked at it and said, wow, people bought it, yeah. but a lot of, like, fans were kind of, like, pissed off, so maybe that's why they kind of put forth more of an effort, maybe. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be yeah, yeah, completely that's, that's a, good a different reason. That's a good but... theory, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they should be ashamed. <laughs> they should be ashamed. Yeah. I I should be ashamed because I bought the Mario collection. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I bought it too, so we can be ashamed together. There we go. <laughs> okay then. So Don, what do we have next? So next up, Iwata talks about Dragon Quest X. So the first twenty days of playtime are free, uh, and they will also have a special free kids time shot, so that the younger crowd doesn't have to worry about additional costs. Uh, these um. Kids time slots run from Monday to Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. and Saturday on Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. <laughs> so after school and then when they should be playing outside in the afternoon. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Iwata is says to expect another event to fully cover Dragon Quest X. Uh, details will be announced at the Nintendo official website. And Dragon Quest X is due out on August 2nd and will be priced at 600 900 6,980 yen and there's an instruction Jeez. video available for your watching pleasure. I saw I saw the boxes today at the game shop um, for the two versions and they were, mm -hmm. had a big poster explaining what's in the box and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously it's available for pre-order right now. Right. One Another thing they have too, they actually have a console bundle coming out on the same day as well. It comes with, you know, the game, like the the premium edition of the game with the uh, 16 gigabyte uh, hard USB drive. Hard, hard drive, which is like, you know, a little you know memory stick or whatever. You know the game, uh, a classic controller pro, and then uh, you know a Wii. So that's pretty cool, and it's black. So oh, that's that's pretty you can cool. Use, and use it in your Wii U, right, Danny? Yeah, that's your storage. That's your hard drive for your Wii U. <laughs> yeah, God, don't get me started. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Okay, Minoru, could you read the next one? Okay, uh, Pokemon Black White 2 uh, was shown, which is at the same time of a recording just available. Pokemon Tournament is going to be held in Japan on June 29th. Are you going to join, Minoru? No. <laughs> I'm not interested in Pokemon, honestly uh, speaking. How dare you? I, I, I just downloaded Pokemon Dream Raider on my Japanese 3DS. Nice. Cool. And it's actually fun. It's like Ghostbusters with Pokemon. <laughs> you can actually upgrade your gear and everything, so it's pretty cool. I ain't afraid of no Pokemons. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. So, uh, next up we have... Oh, God. Do we have to read this out? Cold set. Uh, first up, guys, I have to admit something. I was making fun of Cold set, but now I kind of want it. 
um, because I played an Xbox 360 demo for 2008's Concept Saga, and I enjoyed myself. So, um, Concept. Uh, you can get a huge deck of cards when you register the game at Club Nintendo, which is awesome. Uh, it's a deck of like 53 cards, I believe, with all the different monsters on there, so that's pretty cool. Um, there will be um, a leaderboard site soon, so you can uh, track your stats of how well you're doing online and uh, through other means. And there will also be a big tourney called the All Japan Capsters Cup 2012, which they haven't announced when that's going to happen. That's probably Scepter's Cup, right? Called mm-hmm. called Scepter's Scepter, Scepter's Cup. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting deja vu here. <laughs> we, it feels like we've talked about this like over three different Nintendo Directs. Because we recorded a Famicast like immediately after Nintendo Direct. I think this is the third time, right? Yeah, this is the third time. And then we've got Calcio Bit, the uh, the football management game. Blah de blah de blah. Yeah, we've talked we've t- Well I'm interested in that too. The game um, the game will let you search for other teams, uh chance them in game using the team ID. Mm-hmm. And also, Culture Bit will have an online leaderboard filled website. Yeah, not only that, too, you actually get like a special page for your team, which is kind of, kind of cool. Uh, I have to admit, I like, like stat tracking and sports and stuff like that and all that stuff. That's kind of cool that, you know, you have that option. I've, I've seen like a 30 minute presentation for it recently, and again, I showed interest in this title mm-hmm. uh, the first time they showed it on Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm very interested in this uh, football management game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then next they had uh, lots of little short third-party clips, um, kind of sizzle reel type thing. Uh, Devil Summoner, Soul Hackers from Atlas, coming out on August the 30th. Lost Heroes from Namco Bandai uh, on September the 6th. And then uh, they should... Then, yeah, a download code for Lost Heroes Famicom tie-in is included with the game. Pretty cool. And then yep. Sam- Samurai Warriors Chronicles 2. Now, <laughs> on Twitter, I for a joke, I said, uh, don't expect much from uh, Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Uh, they'll probably just announce a new Samurai Warriors game. That's <laughs> 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 well, true. Well, they already announced it before you tweeted that, so... Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, really? I I, I honestly didn't know A week know ago. That. Okay, okay. I honestly didn't know that. Um. So, yeah, that was quite funny to see that crop up. I'm, 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 from those three of them, I'm really interested in uh, Samurai Warriors Chronicles because I love the original. Um, it didn't have a multiplayer, but they fixed that with this one. So. Okay, that's coming out on the 13th of September. And uh, all three of these, those games have 3D videos, which you've probably all seen on the eShop by now, right? And then, I guess this one's for me, right, Danny? Uh, yes, your favorite. <laughs> this one. Oh my god. Maybe Minoru too. I think he's into this. Right? Yeah, Minoru. No, not at all. So then the the blood the blood drained from my face as um some uh, AKB48 members in me form came up and started dancing to one of their terrible terrible songs. <sighs> Kadogawa games. They need to be shot. So this um it showed the live mode where you can watch the girls dancing and singing to their songs in me form. And uh, yeah, it's amazing how realistic they look or how much they look like their real counterparts. I, I, to be honest, I, I, unfortunately, I do know what some of them look like, you know, because you can't help 
you know, if you watch Japanese TV, you just kind of like, <laughs> you know, constant AKB48 members cropping up in every single TV show at the same time on every channel. So you do get to know what these girls look like, and they do look quite, you know, realistic. Or not realistic, but, you know, like the real counterparts. <laughs> Actually, you know, when they were doing this con concert, if you want to say, with the Mies, I was just thinking, oh, you know, this is going to show just a little bit of the song, and that's it. And then the they whole... did the whole song. And I was thinking, man, is that really necessary? <laughs> yeah. I think I got up and made a cup of tea at that point. I, I watched it after the fact. I could have skipped it, but I just didn't because I kept thinking to myself, it's going <laughs> to end did. soon. And it didn't. <laughs> As your eyes are hanging out of your head. It's AKB48. It will never end. Yes. <laughs> so, Danny, what do we got next? And next we have ex-troopers from Capcom, and Iwata actually shared a trailer of the game with some actual gameplay footage uh, running on the 3DS. It's actually coming out on the PS3 also, right? Yep. Yeah. Actually, it looks pretty good. Um, the trailer, you can actually download the trailer from the eShop and see it in 3D, and it's set to be coming out sometime later this year. Now, I, I looked at that trailer and I was really, really impressed. What kind of game is this? It's It's... it's Bit um, Lost Planet, bit, a bit Mega oh, Man Legends. Right, right, right. Okay, I got you. A, a mixture of those two. Isn't it actually based off of Lost Planet? It's like some kind of an offshoot type of thing. It's a, it's an offshoot, and it's more based on the, on the mansion was it, that was intended for Mega Man Legends. Okay, okay. Because huh. it, it looks really good. I, I think the engine's really cool, cell shaded. Yeah, you really have to look at that 3D trailer. It really looks well in 3D. They really did a good job on that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, from all from the all four trailers they released during um this uh, Nintendo Direct, that one whatever most stayed with me and found most impressive. <laughs> Is this a trailer um, that you have to download onto your? It's a trailer you have to oh. download, but it's not. It, it doesn't take very long. Um, okay. Because um, apparently this is something that happened behind the scenes. Apparently, and this is unconfirmed, so don't take my word for it directly. Apparently, Nintendo upgraded their service for the eShop a little. Huh. So it goes a bit faster now. Well, just a quick aside, I I really hope that the next um, 3DS update, like firmware update, they allow just like just a quicker way to download movies. Like you just click the movie and it downloads straight to your desktop, like in a little folder or something. Because mm -hmm. the way you have to buy free videos at the moment is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. You have to click about nine times before it, you know, it does it. It's just so stupid. You should just be one click, boom, there you go. If you can't mm -hmm. stream it, then it should just instantly go to your, your home screen. What? Okay, that's it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> so, Dan, next, what do we got? Uh, Project Exxon. Um, alongside some sweet gameplay footage, Iwata detailed some gameplay systems that we already heard about in the last few weeks. So nothing really special, but again, the gameplay looks pretty good. Um, it's due out sometime in 2012. I think that's the second or third time we talked about that game on the Famicast, and it's getting nearer to completion. Exciting yeah. times. It looks better than the last time we saw Yeah, definitely. It. I thought so too. Definitely. Okay, Minoru, what do we have next? Okay, we have a new footage for Bravery Default. And its music is. And the, mu and the music in the trailer is from Revo. 
The footage shows lots of gameplay, including the world map and field exploration, and some impressive spells during battle. And the third, third demo should be available shortly after the game. Shortly, and the game is uh, going to be released um, sometime this year. Oh, so it is this year. I, I couldn't I couldn't find the third demo on the eShop. I looked yesterday. There was only two. It's it's not not yet available. Okay. Maybe it's going to be coming out as of we're recording right now on the twenty third, and um, it's possible it could be coming out next week. So by the time you're actually listening to this, it might actually be out. So if you have a Japanese three DS, <laughs> you can get it. What what's so you know Revo or Revo, however you want to say that? Like, I remember seeing something about like some of the other games he was involved with. Uh, do any of you guys know offhand? I've never heard of him. <laughs> uh, I, I, not, I don't know the games offhand, but I have listened to his music before. Uh, but it, regardless, the, the music in Bravely Default is absolutely wonderful. Um, just really well put together, you know, classical kind of stuff, and it's just really great. I, I really like yeah, what I've heard, well. at least in the demos, and even on the website, like, you know, they have, like, I guess the main theme, and it, it sounds really great. Yeah. Cool. So, back to Nintendo. Um, so they showed some new Super Mario Brothers 2, brand new trailer, which highlights the uh, the key points of the game, like the gold Mario and the goal of a million coins, and of course the gold rush mode. And I'd just like to say in the last episode, I did call it with the gold thing, right? Do you remember that? Yep. 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 So yeah. And there you go. Col uh, go coin rush mode is going to have paid download stages uh, following release. Um, in the American uh, version of this, um, Reggie said that they haven't even started making them. Uh, he kind of like, I noticed he kind of like twitched in his eye when he said that, so I think he was lying. But <laughs> at least the thought is there. They really wanted to stress that, um, you know, that they, they're not taking levels out of the game to charge you. You know, they, they're going to make a full, complete game, and then they're going to make new levels and sell them at a later point. So similar to how they did Fire Emblem, which I discussed also a few times ago. Yeah, whether that's true or not, we'll never know, but there you go. At least the <laughs> yeah. thought is there. And um, mm -hmm. But um, what do you guys think about this? The um, So the DLC in a Mario game, huge, big news, of course. But it's a little strange that they're kind of trapped within this gold rush mode. Um, so, like, obviously, you, I assume you're going to buy three levels for, like, a couple of hundred yen, right? So they have said that, like, the development team um, will respond to user feedback and see what works. Um, so they could decide to not put a time limit on that particular set of stages. To have just the regular time in it, as it is in a normal game, like 300 to 500 seconds. Um, but if it would just be like the 100 second time limit, like in Gold Rush mode, I wouldn't buy that DLC. No, what I mean is that these stages that we're going to buy, I mean, if it's just three stages taken from the main game, the same, but just put in one, you know, Gold Rush mode, you know, that's not worth anything, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah, but but, but that's just free. The, the the free stages taken from the normal from the normal game that are going to be in gold rush mode. Those are free, but they're also going to put in gold rush mode new stages. Yeah, okay. so that's what and I'm, I'm just saying about. that if they going to put put out the same time limit in in like like gold rush mode, I wouldn't buy those stages because I want to play explore them a bit more first before I actually try to 
like speed one so this is the conundrum right so they've obviously they've painted themselves into a corner in a way because they've thought okay we want to have these download stages but how are we going to incorporate this into the game are we going to have like a world nine so to speak like a special world where you know download stages are going to be added to it you know infinitely just have like a, a blank you know black world with just a straight line and you can just add levels onto it but they didn't choose that they what they chose was like okay we're going to take them out of the, the single player game altogether and we're just going to have them in the gold rush mode so you know obviously there's, these are just going to be selectable on a list or something like that right so it's a bit strange the usual concept of gold rush mode is that they take three stages from the normal game um you don't know which stages they are going to be um and you have to complete them on one life. Yeah. And the total of coins you get through through that for going through that process is your score that can be exchanged for a street pass. Yeah, which which is another thing, right? Like why can't that be well I hope that it's gonna be able to be, you know, shared over your spot pass, you know, with your friends, right? Because I th I mean I've said this before with Mario Kart. It's like who gives a shit about random weirdos I pass in the street? You know I, I wanna know how many Danny got? I want to. I want to know how many you got done. I want to, you know, be able to beat yeah. yours and then send it back to you, and then you try and beat my time. You know, I don't care about you know some douchebag I met passed on the train, who I might not ever see again. You know, <laughs> so yeah, let's hope they do have the uh, friends list spot pass kind of integration as well. And yeah, I'd also like to say you know I really hope they go crazy experimental with these coin rush DLC get stages like. Because they're not contained within a world, they don't have to have a theme, right? They could just go mental. They could do crazy mm -hmm. stages, you know, that with new enemies and backgrounds that we've never seen before. You know, they don't have to gel together, right? Yeah, they, they are not limited to what they are, what they're gonna do. They are free to do whatever they like. Yeah, just almost like you know, like a uh, a user created level. You know, just go, just go mental. I want to see crazy, crazy, crazy stages. But yeah, it is a shame that, um, I mean, at least I hope that you'll be able to practice these stages without the time limit, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, I that's what I'm hoping for. If, if they don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy them. Yeah, it's a bit... It's a because, it doesn't so because, it, because, because it doesn't sound fun to just directly play just 100 seconds. Yeah, and they're probably not going to have the three big coins in those stages as well because you know what's the point other than just to get whatever 10 coins for it because you know it's not going to be part of the main game so i don't know how that's going to work but we'll see soon enough right yeah right then danny let's move on next five minute oni training iwata is actually introducing a math game where you have to answer like the previous question uh when a new question comes up so uh you if you're listening to this, you probably saw, uh, you know, this thing anyways. But basically, you know, there's a problem. Let's say it's one plus one. That moves down, and then, you know, there's the, the next problem. But you have to two answer. Two plus two. Yeah, exactly. You have to answer, you the, have to the, answer the, you know, the one before. So it, it gets yeah. increasingly crazy, and I think there's like a couple other levels of that and stuff too. So it's pretty crazy, and it's basically, um, you know, involves training your working memory. Um, as you have to remember, you know, this previous answer. Um, so eventually, yeah, like I said, eventually you have to answer two questions back and so forth and stuff like that. So 
it looks, you know, I, I was a big fan of the original Brain Age. Um, I thought it was really good. It made me not, well, it made me feel stupid part most of the time until I got <laughs> good at it. Um, so I'm looking forward to this game doing the same. And it's going to be released as both, you know, deep retail and download. Uh, and it comes out on the same day as Mario on July 28th here in Japan. Nice. Nice. Then cue the dubstep. The big announcement is coming. The 3DS LL, or XL, as it will be known elsewhere. 90% bigger, guys. What do you think? <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So this is more like the, the DSi to the DSi LL. You know, no... Not really any additional things, right? Well, no, people like to call them in slang, the diesel. The di <laughs> yes, the DXL. So, yeah, slightly... No, the diesel, like the DSIL, the diesel. Yeah, like like I said, they, they talked a, a bit about this in uh, Connector Bytes, but um, yeah, it's going to have a longer battery life, slightly longer battery life, which, you know, it's kind of making up for the bigger screen, so in a way... It's got a much longer battery life, but then the screens use up that battery, so in the end it's not that much different. Bigger memory cards, 4 gigabytes, and it won't include an AC adapter here in Japan, but uh, American listeners, you will have an AC adapter. And European listeners, you're in the same out of luck as Japan. Yeah. Well, you know, Europe, Europe gets some pretty cool games, you know, so it's not all bad. So yeah, lots of different colors. I mean, it's it's very confusing. All different colors in each in each area, and different prices and different dates. <laughs> you know, it might be better to just look at the website for this rather than you know listen to us confusingly read a list of dates and prices. But anyway, in Japan at least, it's going to be released on the twenty eighth with Mario, and it's going to cost eighteen thousand nine hundred yen, which is um, a little bit more than the current. 3ds price which is 15,000 so, yeah yeah just in um, yeah. I, I will just say so in, in America um, it comes out on August 19th that's the same day as Mario and there it will cost 199 and they don't get silver they just get red and blue and in Japan they get like just like just like Europe they get blue red and silver and we get it at the same day as Japan so on July 28th, and we get it with um, Freak Forms Deluxe and New Art Academy. And you guys get it with Oni Training and, Ma and Mario. Yay. I noticed that they, they're all black inside, which is, which is interesting, mm -hmm. right? Only the outside um, is different. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see you know, what the 3D looks like on this bigger screen. And uh, you know how games look, you know, like graphic, like graphically impressive games like Revelations. You know, obviously the worry is, you know, it only looks good because it's on a small screen. Mm -hmm. If you blow it up, is it gonna you're gonna start seeing, you know, the pixelation or the the polygons don't look that good, you know, things like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Mm. I I you know I wonder if they're also gonna stop because. Um... As, as, like they said, in Japan, uh, Mario and Oni, and Oni Training are going to kick off that digital platform where you can download full games. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering, wondering if they're going to do the same thing for like Freaky Forms Deluxe and New Art Academy in Europe. 
This should do for freaky forms, right? Because that was downloadable to start with. So. Yeah, the, the new game is retail. Um, yeah. So this is pretty interesting. New game is, is retail. It features like a download mode, like download play, uh, local multiplayer and online play. Each freaky form that you make have now stats. It's all sorts of crazy. And then new Art Academy, just new Art Academy, new lessons, materials, and sharing options. Again, and with Art Academy, you can actually share your pictures through Street Pass, which, God bless them, finally a thing that shares for Street Pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, Minoru, could you read about Animal Crossing? Okay, and Animal Crossing 3DS, which will be available this year in Japan. And a brand new footage is shown. And Iwata talks about how new characters will arrive via Street Pass. The item variation is also largely improved. Cool. You know what? I think I said this before, but you know, I skipped the Wii version, but I'm kind of interested in the 3DS one. Mm-hmm. I might pick this up. If it's got some cool... Uh, uh, the, the Street Pass thing sounds cool. And more item variation. Sounds all good to me. <laughs> Just me then. <laughs> uh, this sounds like this sounds like the dream version of Animal Crossing. And you can download it, right? Danny, you're not impressed. Yeah, you can you can download it if you want to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, not impressed. No, I, I'm pretty impressed. I'm actually looking forward to the game pretty much. Uh, like you, I skipped out on the Wii version, and I even actually I think last month I saw like a fire sale for the Wii version with Wii Speak for 970 yen. But Whoa. <laughs> I thought about it, but I was thinking, what am I going to do with the Wii Speak? What am I going to do with Animal Crossing Wii? There's one thing I wanted to say when you guys you didn't get the Wii version. This is what I want to say. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad even for 970 yen, I still didn't bite because, uh, come on. You could, you could record the Famicast with it. <laughs> from sitting across on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 3DS version is going to be way superior than the Wii right. one. We already know yeah. it. So I- I'm looking forward to it. a lot of really good additions, and I-, I think it's just going to be good. I already like the concept, so I'm glad to see it actually kind of taking a step up as opposed to just keep going along the same path where it's just yeah. essentially the same game or just something that is just slightly enhanced. So. Which, which with Nintendo is always surprising because they don't always like to take the risky ones. Yeah. Do we know if you're forced to use your me? Is it me's uh, only? You weren't never to, never forced to use your me in the Wii version. Yeah, but all the all the photos and videos of this 3DS one are all using the me, and the the character itself looks different, like taller. So I, I have a feeling it's me's only. Uh. No, because your character in the game doesn't look like a me right. at all. It looks more like the weird person, you know, that's always been in Animal Crossing, but oh, just yeah, like you right. said, it's yeah. it's just taller. It looks a little bit more realistic. I mean, it looks more like so. It, 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 looks, it, it looks similar to the Wii one in that it has more human approach, exactly. but um, they made the, the size limits of the character a lot better in the 3DS. And part. you guys forgot one important thing. You could swim. <laughs> I think we talked about that like I'm, a long time ago that we could, that he could swing. Did they yes. show any um, like customizing the town bits? I don't remember seeing. Yeah, that. they sh- they showed they showed the item store for customizing your town. Okay, I must have missed that bit. 
No, it's in the video footage. Look at back. They they show the various items that you can place in your town. Okay. Oh right, with the 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 ta the lamps and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. Okay. Next up, we have Yoretsu uh, Nagedoop, which is a puzzle game where you knock people out of lines. Uh, Iwata said it's kind of like a new version of Puzzle Loop, and that's going to be released this summer. Is that a retail game? Does anyone know? No, that this is an eShop exclusive game, and I love Puzzle Loop on uh, WiiWare, so I am all set to go there. Although the concept with moving, with knocking people out of lines seems kind of weird. Yeah, I saw the video. I thought it looked kind of cool. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, looked looked kind of interesting. Weird. Did you ever play Puzzle? If you ever play Puzzle Loop on WiiWare, nope. dude, you have to. <laughs> it's so good. It is so full featured. <laughs> It's so much better than the DS one. <laughs> cool. It's uh, it was one of the I think one of the first month WiiWare titles, and I still play it to this very day. It's it's such a fun wow. game. Nice. Okay then, Danny. Next up. Yeah. So following the presentation, Nintendo they showed that you know they'd cut the price of a bunch of different eShop games about twenty percent for a, a week at a time. Um, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> if you haven't already bought most of the games, there are, most most of the games are already like stuff that uh, were already really popular on the service, anyways. Um, I recall Mario, Super Mario Land being one of them. Um, Dempeningen. I've got the I, I've got the eShop open here. We have Dempeningen, uh, Zelda DX for the mm -hmm. for the Game Boy. Um, some simple series game. Uh, Nobody cares about the yeah, simple series anymore. No. Touch Battle, Touch Battle, three D, like a tank game, and the oh, what is this one? Hirari Minoru. Do you know this game? Ah, Hirari Sakura Samurai. Samurai Sakura, yeah. That's twenty percent off. So that's now gone down. They to... are also gonna do. They're not gonna do this in America, but they're also gonna do this in Europe, where one week there will be a, pl a few games off, and then the next week also like five games off. And uh, they've included like, things like Zen Pinball 3D and Mighty Switch Force and a few um, virtual console games of Europe. Um, I'm kind of opening my eShop now, looking at what is available this week. Sakura Samurai is 560 yen now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So their first week deals are uh, Pool Blocks, um, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, Super Mario Land, Zen Pinball 3D, and Let's Go 3D. Cool. So that's cheaper. Yes, indeed. So, Don, yep. what do we got next? Almost at the end here. Ah, uh, yeah. So they um, Iwata discussed the online sales of Kid Icarus AR cards, um, which was announced earlier in the week. Um, the card packs are going to be two hundred and sixty-three yen each. That's a bit pricey, actually. I th I thought there was that that chocolate one that was only like hundred yen for like oh, but that I think that was just one card though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. I, th I think card packs are only with six cards. Yeah, right. I guess six. That's not too bad. Um, and they're also coming to Europe, and also a collector's album will also be released here for all those of those cards. Mm -hmm. So I don't, no no I hope I think they will release also one in Japan it seems likely anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
And then Iwata discussed the shop content and life after presentation. So Monster and Trigee got its usual challenge quests. Hooray. Um, a demo of HV Odyssey 4 got released. And a few 3D videos, which we discussed earlier. Yeah, I've already deleted the Etrian Odyssey demo. <laughs> <laughs> Did not understand that. So, as for like Japanese type stuff in the other ones, um, the the weird thing for me was uh, Inazuma Eleven Strikers for the Wii coming out in Europe, um, which yep. could be the first one. We we worked out there are two Wii games, Strikers and Strikers Deluxe, or Strike uh, sorry Strikers Extreme. It it does look like the first one, which is almost two years old in Japan. So. Um. Yeah. Which is a bit well, crazy. Well, well, no, 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 no. It came out in July. Uh, the original one, July eleven. Two thousand eleven. Okay. So yeah, pretty and, much a the, year and old. The, the extreme one came out. Um, that must have been quite December twenty second. And the other crazy thing, because this we've talked about this in the Famicast before, the Pokemon teachers typing game is coming to Europe <laughs> in five languages with five different <laughs> keyboards. Absolutely mental. Yep. I can't believe that. Um. I, I I will be honest, I enjoy the Japanese version. Um, so I'll possibly pick up the English version too. Also, how is this teaching anything? Isn't it just Pokemon names that you're typing in? No, it, 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 it's not teaching typing. They say it's in, in Europe it's called Pokemon Typing Adventure. So it's like, yeah, learn how to write all the Pokemon names. <laughs> I guess this is giving you, you know, it's yeah. just practicing typing. If kids really like or kids or adults yeah. really like Pokemon, you know, you can get faster and stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, back in the 90s, you know, the Mavis Beacon stuff. You know, I don't know if you know about that well, or Don. Maybe I'm the only one. The dead, right? Well, you know, like that. Exactly. It's just a kind of a way just yeah. to practice typing. But typing of the dead was real words. Oh, yeah. Well, who's to say that Pokemon aren't real words? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I think the weirdest thing they have announced from all the three Nintendo Directs must be Mario and Sonic at the long 2012 Virtual Card album yeah. for the Nintendo eShop. Yeah, I saw that too. Which is, I saw that too. Which is a which is a which is a free app which is coming in July to promote the London 2012 Olympic Games. Yeah, when they were first yeah, saying that, weird. I was thinking, hmm, maybe they're going to have like some kind of like stat tracking or something like that for all the events. And then they said this, and I was like, what? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Yeah, and Freaky Forms Deluxe and Art Academy we already discussed. Like Art Academy lessons, material sharing options. Can't wait for that actually. Um, they will have downloadable lessons too. Mm -hmm. So the first one they're gonna make available is how to uh, draw your own Goomba, which is made by one of the Nintendo internal employees. Yeah, because the Goomba is the um, most complex Nintendo character to draw. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to you have to build it up in like a in a in a drawing application. You have to start uh, simpler and then grow up from um, drawing more complicated stuff. I think James knew that he was being sarcastic. <laughs> I wonder if they're gonna do this in 3D, possibly. I hope so. Yeah. Um, because they did. There was an application from a third party in Europe and America, which is Colors 3D, which really utilized the 3D well. Um, so I would be interesting if Art Academy would do the same thing. Although it's a very interesting learning application, so I'm certainly gonna buy it. Um, but I want to do what they're gonna do more with it. Indeed, indeed. And I think that was all that is announced, really. I think America almost got nothing. Yeah, I think America got the short straw this time. 
Well, did they ever get a good straw then? <laughs> yeah, um, and the American one was quite slick. You know, there were lots of you know smooth talking American people, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah, Reggie with his sweat on as usual. <laughs> At, at the beginning, it looked like he was crying. <laughs> he probably was. Well, I think he was. I think uh, Iwata beat him over the face after his terrible E3 presentation. And he's like, and you just outed Fire Emblem, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Ishibata was like, I'm sorry, you guys, but uh, Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are not going to come out until 2014. Reggie was like, no, the American guy was like, so we have Fire Emblem. It's not coming out to first. 2014. Later. And then Reggie popped in and said, fuck you, I don't care. Hey, forget about it. Something like that. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, I wish to work at Pizza Hut. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then that about wraps up the Nintendo Direct news section of the show. Okay, and this is Famicast 13.2, I'd like to call it, um, because this is a pretty epic show. So uh, this second segment, uh, we say goodbye to Dan and Minoru, and we say hello to Mr. Matt Walker. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, good to have you back, guys. Um, it's good to be back. <laughs> the, the sultry sounds of Mr. Matt Walker. <laughs> the sultry sounds of the Walker. <laughs> it's been a while. So in this uh, in this segment, we're going to... Uh, uh, a wrap up all the things that we didn't get around to doing in the first bit so we'll be doing the news and life in japan and some letters so let's start with the news and we're going to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the media create uh, sales uh, for june 11th to 17th here in japan uh, number 10 is mario 3d land unbelievable still in there still uh, going strong and that looks yeah. like what 9244 copies is that right Right, yeah, brings it up to 1.6 mil for the total. And then we have Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart sorry, Mario Party 9 on the Wii, that's uh, number 8. That's uh, pretty well. It still hasn't even reached half a million yet, but it's getting there. Then we have Mario Tennis Open, which is on commercials pretty much every day here in Japan. That's uh, number 7. Yeah, for those, for those commercials, they have a couple professional tennis players, right? Yeah, they're playing on a on a the side of a tennis court, right? Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. They got one of the, one of them is so there, there's a man and a woman, and uh, the woman is interesting. She uh, she she basically talks about playing the game, essentially how she likes to play tennis. You know, when she's really playing tennis, so it's kind of kind of fun that she tries to make that connection. And uh, next, <laughs> well, we just talked about this in the first segment, but uh, Minoru was playing Tokyo Jungle. That was at, that's at number four. I wonder if that includes download sales because. Minoru downloaded his copy. Oh, okay. But, um, that that probably doesn't. Yeah, probably, probably doesn't. doesn't right? Media crates, just the uh, the physical sales, right? Right. And then the next one is uh, the Dragon Quest Monsters Terry's Wonderland at number two, um, which is doing crazy well. It's sold sixty six thousand in one week, and uh, yeah, that's going to be reaching a million very quickly. That's already a six hundred six hundred sixty thousand. Yep. And that's only been out for a few weeks. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it looks like the go. Dragon Quest brand is still going pretty strong. 
Yeah. On a related note, my wife and I actually went yesterday uh, to Yorobashi Camera and we uh, reserved our uh, copy of Dragon Quest Ten for the Wii, so we're pretty psyched nice, about that. Nice, nice. Did you reserve the one with the USB memories thing? No, nah, you know, we thought about it, and uh, I figured, you know, I, I have this nice hard drive that I use, so I figured I could probably just plug that into my Wii, and it turns out that it, it looks like it is compatible, so I'm just going to use that instead. Huh. There you go, and that's the top-ranking uh, Nintendo game. Okay, then, so let's move on to some news. So, Matt, why do you uh, read out the first bit of news there? All right, well, uh, first bit of news here, according to our, our lovely little list, is that uh, the Capcom Summer Jam will take place in Tokyo from the 30th of June until the 1st of the July, and uh, there we're expecting them to reveal new information about Monster Hunter 4 and other Capcom titles. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Is this... <laughs> we all know which company you work for. <laughs> so is this going to be Monster Hunter 4? Is it going to be playable? I hope so. I don't know. I, I hey, I don't. I, <laughs> you really honestly, don't know? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I'm completely involved in, in completely other stuff, so I, I really don't know what's going on with Monster Hunter at all. I I know people that know what's going on with it, but I don't myself. So hey, that'd be great. Hope well, but you know, from what we've heard, um, you know, just in the news in general, it's, it sounds more like they've been saying that we're going to hear more about it. Uh, I would expect that. You know, they would have said something else. They would have put it a different way if there was going to actually be a playable demo. So I'd love mm. to see a playable demo, but let's let's not get our hopes up. <laughs> Probably at best, we're talking about a 3D uh, trailer on the eShop. You know, a few a few days after the event, maybe something yeah. like that. And then That's maybe there's going to be like two hour lines just to see it on the 3DS, just a video, <laughs> like there was at TGS last year. When, Didn't you do that, Danny? Well, actually, when I waited for it, I only waited for like two seconds. But then, like okay. after I lined up, everybody else started lining up. It's got crazy. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this event. It's in Tokyo Big Site, which is um, it's quite far away. It's like in Odaiba, right? It's, um, if it was at Makahari, where TGS is, I think I might have gone and checked it out. Maybe I could have played Resident Evil 6, Biohazard 6. But um, yeah, Tokyo Big Site, just to see a Monster Hunter trailer. <laughs> I don't think I can... Uh, put myself through that. <laughs> okay then, so uh, the next bit of news that we've got here um, is, uh, yeah, pre so pre-orders for uh, Pokemon Black and White 2 uh, just, uh, they'd already started and they've already reached 1.6 uh, 1.16 million units as of June the 17th, which is pretty crazy. Um, so it's already just it's just gone on sale as of recording it went on sale yesterday so uh we don't yet know the uh the f the first week uh, sales but i can only imagine it it's at least a million can you believe it <laughs> i mean uh, uh, 1.16 million is just for pre-orders that's insane man i mean that if that doesn't show you brand power i don't know what does i i can't think of anything off the top of my head that aside from maybe dragon quest that would you know have that many reservations in japan that's insane so I guess uh, I guess they did the right thing then, uh, pulling that out for the DS as opposed to the 3DS, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. What do you think, then, um, of the 1.1 million units, what percentage is going to be black and white? Oh, man, there's a good question for you. <laughs> So it's always a good bet to make, isn't it, before the sales come out? It's like, I would, you know, say, I would expect pearl. it to be kind of half and half, right? No, no, it's... It's it's always usually like sixty forty or like fifty five, uh, forty five kind of thing. I see. It's not always fifty fifty. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say white is gonna be more popular. I don't know why. Just <laughs> just because, huh? Just because. Just see what happens. Place your bets now. <laughs> so the the original black and white apparently sold 14 million units. I don't know if that's just Japan or worldwide, uh, but that's a hell of a lot. <laughs> that is that is a lot of units. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's uh, just and just in case we're wondering, that is a a global number in Japan. Uh, it looks like it sold a total of uh, black and white together sold a total of five point five nine million. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, the next Pokemon game on the 3DS, whatever the hell color that's going to be, <laughs> it'd be interesting to uh, see if that shifts, you know, 3DS sales into the stratosphere, like you know, Pokemon's done for every other unit. Uh, handheld in his past yeah they've run out of colors though so what are they going to do <laughs> make up yeah, colors <laughs> what What was that Danny make up colors <laughs> <laughs> they're good at that as well actually <laughs> yeah okay so let's move on to the uh, virtual console updates uh, Danny yeah so with the virtual console here uh, in Japan for the Super Famicom uh, Tsukiki Mori a visual novel it's like a horror themed visual novel is going to be coming coming out or is out uh, for the Super Famicom uh, also a, a couple of different ones for the Neo Geo which seems to always get something uh, here in Japan uh, a game called Polestar is actually coming out on it came out on June 5th and it's kind of like a classic uh, shoot 'em up and it has some pretty good like 3D like graphics and then the seventh entry in the Fatal Fury series, uh, real about Garo Densetsu 2, the newcomers. Um, <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yes, so that, that's available to gamers here in Japan. And uh, as many people know, if you follow Japanese gaming at all, you know, virtual console stuff, it's usually pretty consistent, you know, for the Wii here in Japan with releases, as opposed to like the other regions where it's just completely and utterly dead. So one every eight months. <laughs> now the Japanese Virtual Console, they they have their share of both Street Fighter and Fatal Fury games by this point, man. No kidding. <laughs> I didn't even know there were seven Fatal Fury games. Yeah, I had no oh, idea. Yeah. Either. Well, it's like Street Fighter, man. They just kept <laughs> making like it's interesting. They they made um they were like little sequels, but they were actually they had more content really than um the Street Fighter sequels did because they had Fatal Fury and then Fatal Fury Two, which was completely different. But then they had like Fatal Fury Special, which was Fatal Fury Two with it would have been like the Super Street Fighter Two oh, okay. Two Two Street Fighter Two. Um, and then, yeah, they had this this real bout series that it was, again, kind of based on the same characters, but uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think the sprites were actually drawn differently, and uh, the game systems were actually pretty different compared to uh, Fatal Fury 2. And then, you know, of course, they ended up coming out with uh, the, the kind of, re not necessarily the reboot, but they came out just around the same time that Capcom came out with Street Fighter 3. They did uh, a similar thing with their new Fatal Fury game that they... Uh, brought the timeline up so that um you know many years had passed and there was i think the only common character between that game and then the past games was terry bogard but you know his look was like completely reboot so hmm. that was interesting huh i didn't know your uh, fighting knowledge uh, fighting <laughs> knowledge expanded beyond street fighters actually yeah <laughs> maybe maybe i've never really told you guys that but yeah i used to be a huge fighting game nut man i used to play the heck out of all of them um it wasn't until maybe somewhere around the mid Ots, the mid two thousands that I just got bored with fighting games, uh, but I still love the 
you know, play, uh, especially 2D fighting games. And when, that, when I bought my 3DS, the first title I bought was Super Street Fighter 4, and I was just so stoked to be able to play that, <laughs> right. you know, anywhere. You know, I'm not on a touch screen because, you know, trying to play that on my iPhone was just a pain. So <laughs> I can't believe they did that, to be honest. Yeah. Just to go back to the first one, the Super Famicom game, uh, Tsukuki Komori, the visual novel, I mean, that on the, on the, on the, well, the Super Famicom, it's it's such a strange thing because none of those games, as as far as I know, ever made it, uh, you know, to an English translation. Right, a visual novel cartridge is just <laughs> such a bizarre thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. No kidding. Like you 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 put in a cartridge and you read something. <laughs> it's like it's just <laughs> yeah. so weird, isn't it? Only in Japan. Um. Okay then. So uh, to round up the news section, um, the Asford game releases in Japan. Obviously, we talked about Pokemon Black and White 2 that came out uh, just today. And Dan uh, just talked about it in the previous segment, the, the AR Searcher, which he purchased and played a little, little bit. That also released on the same day. And uh, so this week we have the Coldcept game, which was talked about in the uh, Nintendo Direct. And then rounding up uh, is the uh, Project Zero Crimson Butterfly the Wii game uh, comes out on the twenty eighth, so yeah. Um, yeah, and I, actually, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys had seen this or not, but apparently uh, the the Zero series has officially been kind of it's now co-owned by yeah. Nintendo. That's, so that's crazy, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool series for them to you know pick up. I think because I me personally, you know, I've I've played a couple different you know survival horror games in my time, but. I, the first game that really scared the shit out of me was was Project Zero on the PS2, and uh, just the idea that well, and maybe it wasn't called Project Zero, it might have been Zero or Zero Two, but um, there there was this one really cool scene where you know I'm, you're walking through this you know really old Japanese style mansion, right, mm -hmm. and um, and you're walking through and you can hear this really faint koto music. And at the time, like I, I could barely even comprehend that I was like you know hearing the music, so. Uh, there's this scene where they, they you're walking through there and they're playing the music and then all of a sudden uh, you hear this really like uh, loud kind of crash and the music turns off and it's then that you realize that you were seeing the silhouette up on the second floor the whole time of this this chick playing the music but you know I didn't notice it until that happened so wow. it, it was this really cool psychological horror that scared the crap out of me. That's called um, Fatal Frame, right? In yeah, exactly. Thank you, yeah. Fatal Frame. That's that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you play that game before you'd come to Japan? Yeah, I played that on PS2 before I came to Japan. Unfortunately, since I haven't played any of the other ones, uh, I'd love to get my hands on a 3DS one. Yeah, and this was what would also make sense on the Wii U, right, with the gamepad, yep. you know, being able to use the camera. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that would probably really, really help put you in the moment, wouldn't it? Being able to, you know, kind of lift that up and use the um the accelerometer there you know to that, that to kind of pokemon see. snap right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> pokemon snap another incredibly kawaii another very scary game huh <laughs> indeed bulbasaur in your face okay then so that wraps up news so let's move on to uh, life in japan
Okay, so life in Japan.、Um, so this segment,、uh, this、uh, suggestion came in for our、uh, super fan Serik.、Um, he actually sent us in a list, a huge list of suggestions for life in Japan, and we thank him for that. And we、uh, cherry picked、um, one suggestion from that list, and that was、uh, commercials in Japan. We thought that'd be a cool topic to talk about. So,、uh, so yeah, commercials. Obviously, we're going to be focusing on.、Uh, Gaming commercials, Nintendo gaming commercials, and、uh, so Sarek asked.、Um, he wanted to know about commercials in Japan and how Japanese people are motivated to make purchases and general themes that are used and the style of media, etc. So we thought that'd be a cool、uh, topic to discuss. So、um, what we're going to look at.、Um, so Danny, we're going to play the uh, the uh, commercials for, so our listeners can hear the audio, right? Right, right, exactly. So、um, this first one we're going to listen to is for Mario Kart Seven. This is the most、uh, recent one. We're going to start with the most recent ones and go back in time, so to speak. So let's listen to this one first. そっち行く人もいればあっち行く人もいてそうなんだよね、うん、そこによって結構置いてあるアイテムが違うじゃんそれもさ最短距離は距離だけどオフロードになっちゃってるからタイヤが別だったらもうちょい速いのになって思う時があった奥深いな深いそう考えると任天堂 3DS マリオカード7どっちから行くから速いのかバレた<笑>そっちってどっち So, yeah, as you could、uh, probably hear, there w a s lots of people talking, and those people talking w a s、um, quite a big、uh, boy band here in Japan called Arashi. And、uh, they're quite, I think they must be big Nintendo fans, right? Because they star in a lot of Nintendo commercials here in Japan. Or Nintendo just pays them very well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. One or the other.、Uh, I would expect it's the, it's the latter. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps they do enjoy Nintendo games, but they're also just absolutely huge.、Uh, and in, in Japan, they have this thing where basically the, the biggest companies will pay to get the biggest stars in order to promote their products. So you have, for instance, Nintendo these days has been using Arashi to sell their games. And then、uh, you have like SoftBank. SoftBank, you know, they were the first、uh, carrier in Japan to sell the iPhone. So. Uh, actually, they managed to get the biggest boy band in Japan,、um, a, a boy band called SMAP. That they, these guys have been around since the 90s, and、uh, they're, just, they're, they're a cultural phenomenon. So,、uh, for SoftBank, they were really lucky that SMAP actually just loved this, the iPhone so much that they wanted to you know, get the iPhone. So,、uh, they ended up coming to SoftBank and saying, hey, we'll do your commercials. And the rest is history. They, they've been selling、uh, SoftBank phones ever since then. So, yeah. Uh, SoftBank and them, and then、uh, actually Arashi, in addition to Nintendo, they also do another、uh, Japanese carrier and、uh, phone carrier. So、uh, it's, in Japan, it's a very big thing being able to you know, use really big stars and celebrities to sell your products. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't, I think people、uh, back in America might know about them from、um, one day in like, the first 3DS. Ones, like... Oh, yeah. Like all the initial 3DS stuff, even at that Nintendo World event that happened in early 2011. I mean, their pictures were like all over the place, and、um, the early commercials and stuff like that, they were, you know, all over it. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Did they, was it the, the, the one with Ninomiya san wearing like the, the Mario. Cap and like, like a nose or something like that? Did they like, show that in the West, or am I thinking of something else? No, that was for the Mario Kart DS, wasn't it? Okay, was it from Mario Kart DS? Yeah, I think it was the same guy. Yeah, with the fake nose. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's quite disturbing. But yeah, I mean, it's not that weird to have celebrities in commercials, right? Yeah, certainly. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, here's the thing. It's been so long since I've been in the States, so I kind of forget. But I, it, it just feels to me like perhaps we didn't use celebrities in, in commercials so much in the States. Danny, what do you, what do you remember? <laughs> well, I know re- here recently, just last year, you know, with Zelda coming out and stuff like that, um, you know, Robin Williams and Zelda Williams were uh, big on, like, commercials, at least in Europe, and maybe it made its way to America. I, I really don't remember. But, I mean, that's kind of an interesting use of celebrities in the West, too. Um, because, you know, Robin Williams, is he's a really big Zelda fan. I mean, his daughter is named after Zelda, you know, not Zelda Fitzgerald, you know, F. Scott right. Fitzgerald's wife. I mean, Zelda, like Princess Zelda. So, um, right, and that's that's an example of Nintendo actually doing that, uh, kind right. of bringing that strategy over, right? Because uh, from what I recall, actually, the those Zelda commercials were actually aired in Europe, right, but not necessarily in uh, America. Right. And actually, they had just come out with a brand new one for the 3DS. Uh, I think they were promoting Nintendogs, where they used they used Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. Uh, and again, I think that was a commercial specifically targeted at, at Europe, if not uh, England in particular. But uh, I don't know, just from what I remember anyways, it seems like really big stars like that were, were kind of less prone to, you know, putting their, their kind of characters and faces on products like that in the States, aside from maybe, you know, beauty products. <laughs> right. Or underpants, like Michael Jordan or something. I don't know. I mean, James, what do you think, man? In, I... Well, I, I remember there was, um, for the DS, the original DS, I remember there was like a Beyonce one and there's Lisa Kudrow. They were selling yep. like brain training, things like that. And yep. uh, what was, Beyonce was doing the music rhythm game, what's it called? Uh, rhythm Heaven. Man, I, I would have loved to see the focus group that was like, yes, yeah. seeing Lisa <laughs> Kudrow makes me want to play this game. Like... <laughs> I mean, because her character on the Friends show is just so stupid, right? I, <laughs> what what could what what could you possibly see in that commercial that would make you want to play DS? I don't know. Lisa Kudrow adding up numbers, gotta buy it. Oh man, sign me up. <laughs> so yeah, if if people wanted to say you know Japanese commercials are stupid or nonsensical, you know, <laughs> just look at that one, right? <laughs> look at the Lisa Kudrow one. Yeah. What's that about? Okay then, let's let's move on to this next um, commercial that we picked out. Um, well, let, let's see if people can guess what game this is from. Have a listen and see what game it is. So, that was for Mario Golf 64 on the Nintendo 64. Uh, we thought this was a really interesting commercial. Um, it, it has a very interesting cultural significance to it. So uh, hopefully we can leave some show notes somewhere and, and put the YouTube link to this so that people can actually watch it and see what it looks yeah. like. But Definitely. basically, it's uh, the idea of this this family together playing Mario Golf 64. And there's two commercials there. One of the commercials is the father being so happy that he's finally able to play golf with his family. 
So <laughs> right there, there's an interesting thing that basically, you know, the, the Japanese are, are trying to call out to the, or rather Nintendo is trying to call out to kind of Japanese families that, hey, hey, dad, we know you love to play golf. Now you get to play with your family. Um, in, in Japan, it's actually pretty hard to play golf because obviously there's, there's not a whole lot of space for golf courses. So mm-hmm. uh, it's actually really expensive to actually be able to go out and play golf. Right. There are plenty of, of driving ranges just kind of like plunked right in the middle of a, <laughs> a metropolitan area. Right, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what they do. They In order to, since they can't really play golf, they figure they're at least going to practice their swings. And, yep, lots of people actually go and go to these, what they call uchipanashi, uh, driving ranges in Japan. So which makes uh, Wii Golf pretty much the perfect game for uh for people in Japan, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That'd probably help sell the system, no doubt. If nothing else, it definitely helps sell the game. Uh, yeah. Because as we all know, unfortunately, Wii Sports was not packed in with the system um, in Japan. Right. Yeah, it was a system seller, not a pack-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. And then the other commercial then, the other commercial after that then, is, is more focused on the son. And the son actually remembers seeing his father when he was a kid. It, it would be like, say, a... Early, early on a Saturday morning, and the father, you would hope, you would think normally he'd want to stay home with, you know, it's the weekend, he wants to stay home with his family and play with his kids. Instead, you see him kind of walking out early in the morning with his golf clubs and his, and his wife trying to get him to stay home and him saying, you know, screw you, I'm going to go and do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and the, the little boy standing near the doorway, you know, kind of sad that he didn't get a chance to be with his father uh, on the weekend. So this is another really interesting cultural thing. Uh, after that, they uh they show you know the they're finally the son is able to be with his father and he realizes so this is what is so fun about golf because he's playing Mario golf with the family um <laughs> and it's it's just an interesting thing, cultural thing to think that you know at, at least from my perspective anyways to see having this father who you know he he instead of wanting to stay home with the kids on the weekend he wanted to go out and you know do his thing and it was really common in Japan back then that, you know, a father would, you know, they would probably work, uh, you know, long hours all week, maybe even, maybe even go out after work and basically not come home because they're out drinking with, you know, uh, workmates or something to that effect. And then on the weekend, they, you know, want to go and golf or do whatever. So basically never really getting a chance to be with the family. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed about that commercial was that they, um, obviously they showed all the family playing together with, you know, different colored controllers. Um, but um, they never—they never showed when they showed gameplay footage. They did never showed the Mario characters. It was always the kind of you know the human uh, customizable character that they That's showed because obviously they were going for you know like you said you know the dad market. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the dads are not going to be interested in uh, Mario playing as Mario. So yeah. they um, just showed the guy. Interesting. So perhaps mm-hmm. a precursor then to Mies, huh? Maybe yeah, they were already exactly. they were already in on the idea that hey we can. You know, kind of show people that you can be your avatars, you can play as yourselves in these games. Right. Actually, that's exactly Absolutely. what it reminded me of when I saw it too. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. Miyamoto's always wanted to do it, right? <laughs> um, he he had designed documents from like the '64 DD for like that kind of stuff, right? Yes. Finally, he got it. Okay, should we move on to the, the next one we got here? Giddy up. So, uh, yeah, again, let's have a listen and see if you can guess. Uh, there are two games mentioned here, so let's see if you can guess uh, what games they are talking about. Super Mario Brothers 2 is a disc. It's a disc. It's a disc. It's a disc. It's a disc. 
So yeah, so um, this was uh, Mario Mario Brothers Two, aka the Lost Levels, and uh, Zelda One, the original one. Both disc system games. You probably heard the the word. Um, what do they say? Did they say Tashika Disk System or something yep. like that? Yeah, like, the disk system. Yep. Like naturally, it's on the disk system. Yeah. Only on the disk system, you know. Yeah, they're actually. They actually. I think. They, I think they said Asobiba Asobihodo Disk System. So basically, you know, disk system. The more you play it, the more you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, a big push for the uh, the add-on there. <laughs> um. So yeah, what do you think? So this was um this the guy in this is actually still famous. Right now, he's um he's a comedian, right? Yep, Teddy Ito. Uh, he's Terry. he's still on TV all the time. He does a lot of commentary shows these days, and he's just he's a big comedian. So, kind of a similar uh, marketing campaign to what they did with Mario Kart Seven, where they would you know have these really famous celebrities and just use them to sell the game. He's <laughs> bold. He's bold now, right? Well, now he, yeah, he always he, wears hats, right? Yeah, so. yeah exactly. He's always, he always wears hats. He, he always wears set hats and just regular glasses these days. And he seems he seems to always have some stubble. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a kind of unique look to him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this the so this comedian showing up uh, with his fake daughter playing uh, the system games together. So obviously, still aiming at the kids there, right? Uh, quite a young girl playing uh, the Lost Levels and. Zelda One, you wouldn't really find that these days, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Playing games that hard. Oh, good question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe if I have a daughter someday, I'll be able to find out how how much she likes to play those hard hardcore games. You're gonna start her on the Lost Levels. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> when you beat this game, then you can play the the more modern games. Exactly. <laughs> then you can play Actually, Angry Birds. Th that is something I've got to think about. You know, with my son. You know. Yeah. How am I going to start him off? <laughs> Mario World is what I'm thinking. Excellent. Good choice. Awesome. Good choice, awesome. right? So um, is there anything else to talk about with this commercial? Is there anything uh, Japanese or unique about it in that sense? I mean, not really, right? It's just a com famous comedian and some random kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And I'll try to add a link, actually, like if you're viewing this on like a smartphone or something like that i'll try to add some kind of a link on there so you can actually go to it like the video directly you know on your phone so aac um, feed for the win boom come on if you if you're listening to this in mp3 you're missing out on so much yeah i just thought i'd say that <laughs> danny puts a lot of effort into uh you know chapter art and and uh, the chapter breaks and everything really is a cool experience if you if you can do it definitely Okay then, so we thought we'd uh, wrap it up with a kind of an interesting, uh, very, very Japanese uh, Nintendo-themed uh, commercial. So let's listen to that last one. As you may have heard, that was Mario Furikake. And you're probably thinking, what kind of game is Mario Furikake? Well, <laughs> it's not actually a game. Furikake, what is Furikake? It's a food. 
Um, it's kind of like a topping that you put on rice and stuff, right? Made of like seaweed, dried seaweed and other kind of things. It's got a kind of salty, sometimes a little bit sour taste to it. There's all there's all sorts that you can you can get, and kids kind of like sprinkling it on their rice to make it look you know more interesting, and you know obviously these days uh, you've got like Pokemon ones and Ampan Man, Doraemon, all the kind of famous Japanese characters. This Mario one, I think this commercial is from the '80s. It looks very old. It was completely animated, you know, kind of anime style Mario, and uh, advertising. Food products, <laughs> pretty pretty random. You don't really see that these days. You might see some Pokemon commercials that are not to do with the games, but um, I can't think of any Mario related commercials that you know that aren't game related. Yeah, good call. Yeah, right. So back, yeah. Well, I guess this was the same back in you know in the West as well, right? You know, they had Nintendo cereal system or whatever, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. What else? Can you guys remember anything else they they had? Um, like... Well, I know this is even before I was born, but they had C three POs. It's not really Nintendo related, oh. but yeah. So that was that's ridiculous, but great. <laughs> what was the um, the Ghostbusters thing? Right, Ecto Cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Ecto Kool Aid. Ecto Cooler was High C had made a right a. Um... A, a flavor that was based on Ghostbusters, right? Called Ecto Cooler. It was a uh, had Slimer on the, yep. on the box for like years. Even after Ghostbusters really wasn't popular anymore, they still had Slimer on the box of those things. Yeah, my parents <laughs> never bought it for me. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. I'm so sorry, Danny. Yeah, Your me life too. Must have sucked. I'm still bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great buying food products that you know are no different from regular ones, but because it's got you know a picture of something on the front, you pay twice the price. That's how it always worked for me, man. If it, awesome? if it was Ghostbusters or Nintendo, I was buying it. <laughs> I always think of that, you know, that classic Simpsons episode with um, like crusty O's. <laughs> now with flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> oh, Classic stuff. So you know, just to kind of have a kind of a, a conclusion to this segment, you know, Japanese commercials may have a <laughs> this kind of like, you know, the general opinion is that they're all pretty crazy and wacky and stuff, and they nonsensical, which could be true for some of them. But if you if you kind of boil it down then you know it's not that much different you know for the for these commercials that we looked at today i mean i mean they're not that different from what you would find mm-hmm. um, in the west are they very true I, that's something that that i've actually been kind of thinking myself lately that i used to you know when i first came to japan i'd you know say things like wow the commercials over here are just so crazy compared to what we see in the west or <laughs> you know they're just so stupid and these days, I've I've come to the conclusion that no, actually, they're pretty much the same. It's just you know, it's Japanese people as opposed to Western people, or yeah. it's it's Western actors that are all really bad actors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right, Danny, have I seen you in a commercial? I'm in 15 commercials. <laughs> Haven't got paid a dime yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone could be an actor in Japan. It's pretty like you know, like an extra or something, right? You know, yeah. if you're white mm-hmm. and you've got blonde hair, you pretty much you know, shoe in for anything. One thing I will say about Japanese commercials, though, is that they they are able to come up with jingles that will get stick stuck in your head. Oh, that's for so true. Years. <laughs> well, actually, one theme that you know the listeners might have noticed, you know, hearing all those commercials one after another, is that every Japanese oh 
every commercial begins with some kind of chime and ends with some kind of chime. And the Nintendo ones, I mean, back in the 80s and 90s, it was the ding. Right. But now it now it's the the wee kind of ding, mm-hmm. you know that chime sound, yep. and it, you know even if you're in another room and you hear the ding, you think oh cool, there's a Nintendo commercial, and you mm-hmm. you go in and you, you can watch it, right? You know what's coming, right? Exactly, it's it's one thing I don't even know if my wife is is figured out yet, but literally it doesn't matter what I'm doing, what we're doing, if if we're both in the living room, we got the TV on, and I'm doing something else. If I hear that wee ding thing. I, I instinctively look at the TV to see what yeah, commercial yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> exactly. My wife always comments on that. She's like, why do you do that? <laughs> and how do you know? <laughs> yeah. And th- at the end of each commercial, like with the Mario Golf one, it was, um, it was the, what they said, you know, Dr. Yong, which is oh, yeah, yep. 64. 64 right? yep. And then the cube one, the cube one was like a, you know, picking up the GameCube that do do yep. kind mm-hmm. of picking up. So, with each generation of system, they do have their own unique uh, sound. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing, and that that's very Japanese. I don't, you don't really see that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apart from that, pretty much the same. We love Japanese commercials. We 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 played a '64 DD one, right, in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I hope people didn't miss that. I, I think hope it not. Was like after the uh, after the end credits. Yeah, I so think it was the last thing that was on the on the show. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Okay, then let's move on to some listener mail. So, listener mail. So, as always, if you want to send us an email, it's famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. Or if you prefer, you can go to the forums and search for the uh, questions for the NWR Japan Crew thread and uh, leave some questions there, which is what um, today's uh, writer, Inner, did. It's uh, Shaman from the forums. And he asks How bad is piracy in Japan? Are people generally willing to pay for content? Or does it get ripped off half to hell? So, what do you guys think then? I mean, f- for one thing, don't get Japan and China mixed up. <laughs> That's all I'll say. You know, China, it's actually hard to buy a proper product in China. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into a store, you mean, you're most likely to pick up a pirated game, right? Mm-hmm. But in Japan, I wouldn't say it's like that at all. Completely no. not like that. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, as far as video games go, there was the whole R4 craze with the Nintendo DS, and a lot of people argue that it's it's because people were able to get these R4 cartridges that they could pirate, you know, whatever DS game they wanted, um, really helped the DS sell, actually. And aside from that, there's actually not a whole lot of gaming piracy, from what I can tell. Uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I it's interesting. Way back in, I want to say the 80s, maybe even the 90s, basically Nintendo had... Uh, basically taking the um, video rental shops to court because right, they right. didn't want their video games to be rented. Um, so push comes to shove, eventually you're no longer able to rent games in Japan. But, you know, the market for games is still pretty strong over here. I, I would argue that, you know, people still buy retail games uh, for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, but then on the other hand, you have videos. and So you have DVDs and CDs. And those are different because you can rent those. And from what I understand, from what I can tell anyways, pretty much everybody will rent their CDs or DVDs from Staya 
which is you know a place uh, one of the big places that you can rent DVDs like, or CDs. like Blockbuster basically mm-hmm. right yeah. exactly and then they'll just like rip them to their computers uh, I've, yeah. I've seen lots of people do that so it's it's very very frustrating because you know even back then I mean especially back then games were so hard to copy I mean they were like on freaking cartridges right I guess you could make you could make an exception with the you know the the Famicom disk system. Oh, the disk so system. There there was kind of like a bit you know some issues with you know piracy, but it, but I mean it wasn't like nothing like you know the the the, the stuff that was happening with the DS and stuff. But I mean it was still like significant you know. But right. am, am I wrong in thinking that the disk system discs were not standard that's, floppy disks? That's right. But I mean still like companies. I don't know, like pirating companies and stuff would make you know some kind of special make devices. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Right, so, exactly. Well, they even they even did that with the N sixty four. Do you remember the Doctor sixty four? Exactly. Yeah, like a CD drive that you could hook into the N sixty four disk drive port, basically. Uh, Rip it to would, CDs. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that was big in Hong Kong. But so while we're on the R four subject, um, I don't know if guys if you guys have seen these, but if you go to like a like a magazine store, like a bookstore. And you'll see magazines dedicated, like basically how to use the R4, or like how to um, modify your Wii to play, you know, you know, basically illegal copies of games. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, proper legal over-the-counter magazines that you buy, glossy magazines, professionally made magazines. You know, it looks like, you know, a lot of effort has gone into these, and it's just like, yeah, step one, you know, do this, and then. Go to the torrent website to download games, like, and they'll give you a list of torrent websites to use. <laughs> and because you know, you know, a lot of these torrent websites are in English, they'll give you helpful English hints, you know, because you know Japanese people might not be able to, you know, understand the websites. So they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is this is what this means in English and stuff. Like proper blow by blow guys on how to rip games off. Yep. <laughs> but it's like, but piracy isn't that much of a uh, an issue in japan it's just it's crazy i mean it's i mean i don't understand first of all how those magazines are legal i mean you can't even rent games you certainly can't copy games there is you know as we've seen in several i mean even recently there was a there was a case of nintendo taking people to court right <laughs> about this kind of stuff i mean the r4 chip and is now illegal in japan so yeah there are some confusing things like that you know like legal gray areas let's say <laughs> and it is very frustrating that we can't rent games you know like i said you know the hardest things to copy are illegal to rent yet the easiest things to copy <laughs> cds books dvds you know they are legal you know i yep. mean books for christ's sake <laughs> you can <laughs> you can rent a comic book <laughs> it's like it doesn't get much easier to copy than that but there you go now, that's one thing that I got to give Nintendo credit for, at least for the 3DS, anyhow, is that they've they've done a really good job of really getting demos out there lately, and that's you could argue that's a definitely a good way to appease that that feeling that you know I wish I could rent something. Well, you know you can you can download a demo for free, and then if you like, you can purchase today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I know some people might um, disagree that you know that people who rip stuff off just rip stuff off. <laughs> But um, also the fact that the 3DS can, you, they can now brick 3DSs if they discover any, you know, illegal software on the 3DS. They can pretty much just brick your system, right? Oh, that's uh, what that's what happened with people who used the 
the R4 card on the 3DS or something, right? Oh, okay, that's interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I think um, yeah, I think they even advertised that on the box when once they found out that's what was happening, they put a warning. You know, don't use this on the 3DS. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you can still find R4s, by the way, in Akihabara if you look in the right places. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of more hidden. They don't. They're not so blatant about it now. Before it used to be like, literally, the front of the store used to say R four chips here. <laughs> <laughs> now they don't do that. Yeah. Now it's like the guy in Resident Evil Four. It's like, hey, what are you looking for, stranger? <laughs> it's like I got an R four chip and a rocket launcher in my coat. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. What are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying, stranger? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that's piracy in Japan. So, yeah, thanks for the questions, and uh, keep them coming in. And also suggestions for the Life in Japan segment as well. We would appreciate that very much. So, let's wrap it up with a little special mini-feature. Okay, so before we wrap up the show entirely, and uh, by the way, I'd like to thank our listeners for sticking with us this long, because I think we're coming up to the uh, three-hour mark soon. <laughs> um, so what we're going to have is just a little uh, recap feature from our uh, previous episode, uh, Famicast 12. Um, if you guys remember, we did a kind of a little, um, like a predictions for E3, but it was in the form of you know three things we were hopeful for and one thing we were worried about. So um, uh, mine were, uh, the things I was excited about, were learning about uh, near-field communication stuff and uh, paying for stuff, you know, using the near-field stuff. Uh, unfortunately, near-field stuff wasn't shown, but um, in an interview um, in one of the uh, kind of the, the post-conference interviews, they did mention, because so, I think somebody said, like, you know, what's up with the end? near field stuff you know why didn't you show anything and he said um we we're not we haven't got anything to show yet but if you think about uh how to make things easy to pay for things wink wink and he left it at that <laughs> which i take as that they're going to allow you know suica card payments on the wii u i that's what i took that as anyway <laughs> so yeah that's one positive thing to take out i was hoping for you know you know, toys and stuff and cars and stuff, but they didn't show any of that. Never mind. The second thing I was excited about was Metroid Prime. So, <laughs> right. Oh, poor James. <laughs> Disappointment. Uh, they didn't even show the Metroid um, mini game in Nintendo Land, which was shown the last year, right? Right. The, uh, the, the, what was it called? The Me Battle or whatever it was, where you could shoot down Samus's ship. Ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's okay James maybe next year maybe next year or the year after <laughs> the last thing was awesome online features that's what I was looking forward to being revealed um I don't know I I guess Miiverse could be considered an awesome online feature I guess it is kind of awesome but I think you got that in a sense yeah I was hoping for more you know you know more re reveals about you know how the online's going to work you know like friends lists and online games and you know 
you know, just learning about online games. You know, there weren't any online games shown or talked about, initially, <laughs> which was a bit strange. But there you go. Maybe that's for a Nintendo Direct in August, maybe. <laughs> well, we do know that we're going to be getting, you know, uh, digitally distributed games from day one. So I think that's pretty exciting. And <laughs> then, yeah, the Miiverse, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I thought it looked pretty cool. I mean, I, I think out of E3, that was the most exciting thing for me to see that and say, okay, this... This makes sense. I see what they're doing. This is this is Nintendo's version of social networking, and that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the the bingo cards that we did, I I predicted you know Twitter integration, which you know was a bit of a fail, but in a way it wasn't a fail because you know this thing is basically is Twitter, but just for your gaming friends. Mm -hmm. Which um, I mean, I only use Twitter for like you know gaming stuff. Um, because, you know, my family don't use Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like by default, it just turned into my, you know, gaming thing. But to have actually people connected to your friends list and, you know, just being able to send messages and, you know, hey, what's going on? What are you playing? You know, do you want to play something? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it could be cool. Mm -hmm. And my worry, the thing that I was worried about was the touch screen, you know, how responsive it was going to be. And um, so Dan in the previous segment, I mean, he had no problems with it, but you know, going into it, he didn't seem to have any problems with the 3DS touchscreen or anything like that, right? He was he was kind of like a more optimistic about the resistive touchscreens, which I'm not. <laughs> I know, I know that he had went last week and uh, got a chance to play with it, and I didn't get a chance to. I I asked him if he could do me a favor and and basically try to swipe on the touchscreen on that mm -hmm. because it's a resistive touchscreen right and what i found right, right. on the 3ds and the ds is that trying to drag or swipe with my finger never works really well because it's resistive because uh it, it doesn't feel good to, to drag my finger across that thing whereas you know right. with my iphone because it's it's uh not resistive it's multi-touch it's capacitive uh, you know i could just barely if i'm barely touching the screen you know i there's no resistance and i can you know drag all i want and it's not a problem um did he mention anything about that at all um he said that you know he didn't have any problems activating like the arrows in the in the Made in Wario game and the okay. uh, the, the Ninja Star game, mm -hmm. and you know they've talked about this in the RFN as well. Um, how it, we think it's you know that it's not any better than 3DS, but maybe the screen like the the thinness of the screen is better, so it's slightly more you know uh, sensitive. But um, I, I don't agree with Reggie's bullshit explanation about, you know, you don't need multi-touch. Yeah, sure, you might not need multi-touch because, you know, you can't use, you, unless you have four hands, you can't you know, do multi-touch <laughs> and hold the analog sticks, right? But multi-touch is not the only thing that um, capacitive screens offer, right? They offer just smooth scrolling, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like like Matt was just saying, you know, just being able to s scroll through menus and stuff. Like people were playing playing Batman, and it's like they do they try to scroll and it doesn't work, and then they, they do it again and they push harder and then it works. You mm -hmm. know, that's not cool. In games, you just want to go, you know, spin, 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 tap, go. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be worrying about you know pushing your thumb through the glass <laughs> <laughs> to get it to register right right it's it's an interesting thing to consider you know because i think i think there are benefits to both uh, obviously cost is the biggest factor right yeah uh, it's, it's from a cost, resistive yeah. touching standpoint but the other as far as gameplay goes even i mean uh if you're using a stylus i would argue that actually you can get really good precise control 
out of a touch screen, a resistive touch screen, as opposed to a capacitive touch screen. Because uh, I found playing stuff on my iPhone, or even sometimes just using my iPhone in general, you know, I want to hit something in particular, but you know, if if I'm not hitting it at the right angle or something like that, it takes it that my big ass finger is hitting something else. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, for accurate things. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like pixel perfect kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the difference between, say, being able to play something on the iPhone and then playing, say, the Zelda games on the DS. I, I think playing the Zelda games on the DS with that stylus was just awesome. It just, it felt great. You know, you because it's a stylus, you have this pinpoint accuracy. So you're able to hit, you know, really small places, you know, no problem. Yeah. And even get, like iOS games, like draw something. When you, you know, when you're drawing something, it's like, you know, when it's a when you've got the brush on like one pixel, you have to kind of guess where the center of your finger is. You know, which is very hard to guess sometimes, right? Yeah. So, yeah, with the stylus, you don't get that. But, but on the other hand, like you said, I mean, one of the one of the other things is that now consumers we're all very used to capacitive touchscreens. Yeah, that's true. So mm -hmm. when we're picking up the Wii U or the gamepad and we're trying to use that, we're instinctively because we've been using iPhones and other capacitive devices for so long that we're hoping to get that same kind of experience and chances are we're not going to be getting that it's going to be kind of a different thing so yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for them yeah we've talked that to death on the famicast you know people thinking it's broken you know mm -hmm. the, the high phone and things like that <laughs> there you go so danny uh why do you tell us about your things yeah so i was pretty excited actually about aliens colonial marines and actually i think the day after we recorded it was announced that it was coming out in february <laughs> like 2013 so i was like man yeah. crap and then you know it didn't really make an appearance at the show or anything at all yeah at all so that was kind of disappointing um you know another thing too i was really hoping to see you know some stuff from some japanese developers i mean obviously you know we saw stuff from nintendo but you know third party stuff we didn't see anything at all and just p100 right yeah and but i mean that's you know being published by nintendo so i mean it, you know right. it's i mean that's that's fine and that's great yeah, i think it looks really cool but i was just hoping for a little bit more of a blowout to know what's coming up but it, then again too i mean you know probably i would say probably the next nintendo direct i bet I hope <laughs> that they're going to be focusing on some, uh, you know, Wii U stuff. And at that point, we'll see what some of the third parties are doing, um, you know, yeah, not yeah, only yeah. just with like, you know, conceptually or something, but then just to see, you know, what kind of games they actually have that are going to be coming. And, you know, I bet you, I bet you that what they do is they wait until TGS and the week of TGS when everybody else is talking about Sony or whatever, you know, the rest of the Japanese game industry is working on. That's going to be the week that Nintendo says, "Hey, we're doing a Nintendo Direct," and mm -hmm. then boom, here's all these here's all these uh, third party games. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Here's your Wii U. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could definitely see something like that happen too. So. I'm just annoyed that you know, us guys in Japan. I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty ironic that you know we're not going to be able to play the Wii U uh, until it's actually out, <laughs> <laughs> because like. Tokyo Game Show will will be in probably in September, right. which is you know at least a couple of months before the Wii U comes out. So the Wii U will not be at TGS in any capacity whatsoever because Nintendo don't go and they don't allow third parties to take you know unreleased hardware. It was the same for the 3DS. The 3DS was not at the uh, the the TGS before it was uh, released. Yeah. Instead, they waited to the next January and they did that. Um, event didn't they mm -hmm. the uh, the 3ds event so that's what we got to wait for we got to wait for the you know the joe public event 
before we can even touch it. And by that time, it'll be out anyway. So <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully they'll do the Joe Public event though. You know, before it comes out, that's the hope, anyways. I hope so. And because they understand that they, or at least they say anyways, that they understand that they haven't been able to really, you know, show the public and get the public to understand this is what the Wii U is and this is what the experience is because they've talked about how. You know, people that have actually had a chance to play it, E3 loved it, but the rest of the public season goes, what is this? This is, you know, the same old, same old that I've, I can do this on my 3DS. Why do I need a, a whole console for this? Mm-hmm. Or even worse, you know, I don't want to buy an add-on for my Wii. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> CNN.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, moving on, Um, you know, I was, I said that, you know, I'm, actually really pleased that you know full games going to be you know downloadable especially because what i'll probably do in the long run i'll probably get you know obviously i'll get a japanese uh wii u and then i'll probably get a north american one too because yeah sometimes i like playing games in english um but so that's cool you know with games being full games being downloadable that just kind of saves costs you don't have to worry about paying an ungodly amount of money for imports or you know anything like that yeah so that's but danny you you were you were hoping that they were going to talk a bit more about that but they didn't really like focus on it at all yeah it was all just kind of like in passing or like you had to kind of read interviews to find out about it didn't you they didn't really talk about it i thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity to say you know just to show the eShop and say you know boom this is going to be how you download it something like that right yeah a little bit more details definitely would have been uh, really yeah. nice but um especially in the N- nintendo direct they did before the presentation i thought that would have been a perfect time to show you know more online stuff they, right. they just showed meverse and that was it right yeah but, um, it's a shame they didn't show the eShop. But yeah there you go yeah, and my my big concern was about um, some kind of internal storage, whether it be like a traditional hard drive or be some kind of built-in flash memory. And, you know, at the show, at the press conference, and at all of the events around E3 too, they didn't say anything. But, you know, two different bits of information came out, like, shortly after the show or during, like, the show. One being, oh, you know, the Wii U is going to have 8 gigabytes of internal storage. Hmm. And I was thinking, oh, God, that's awful. I mean... Then again, I mean, we talked about this in the last one too. Yeah, you can get your own hard drive and you can hook that up and presumably have an infinite amount of storage space, you know, more or less. That's fine. But then again, too, it's like, man, that's like another investment I have to make for this. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. That just doesn't, that's, that's kind of unacceptable to me. If, if this thing is like $200, then it'll be fine, right? Right. right. But if it's 250 299 then it starts to be a bit... Yeah, and right. if, if it's going to be something like 40,000 yen and you have to ha- get a hard drive or something, <laughs> man, that's... It's not going to be 40,000. I know. It, How about this? Do you have an external hard drive or no? Like I just do. for your computer? I so, do. And I, I think then you're probably going to do exactly what I do, which is I personally don't care whether there's any hard drive space in my Wii U or not, because inevitably, if I can, I'll just plug in what that 500 gig you know hard drive that I have sitting mm-hmm. next to my computer, and then be cool with that, you know. But Matt isn't going to format it though. Yeah, that that's my concern. Is it? Are you going to have to have it like specially formatted where you can't use it for anything else after you yeah, have it used I'm, for? I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. As soon as you plug it in, it'll say do you want to format this to Wii U standard or whatever like that? Because they don't want, you know, other apps or other, you know, f- you know, foreign software on that disc, do they? They want it to be completely clean. 
Right. That is a very good question. Otherwise, it's going to be pirated to hell, right? <laughs> well, we'll have to see what happens. And uh, I would assume then that we'll probably get some kind of idea for the direction that's going to take come the release of Dragon Quest X, right? Right. And we finally plug our hard drives into the Wii and get to see for the first time. So what happens when I plug a hard drive into the Wii and the game actually uses it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it confirmed that Dragon Quest X will allow the Wii, the, the regular Wii, to use... USB hard drives? Yeah, you have to have you have to have some kind of USB storage device like with at least 16 gigabytes of data to play. Okay. I thought it was just USB sticks, not I didn't realize it it's was just a anything. USB device. So Really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I'm assu- I I'm assuming anyways that there's no difference between a, a hard drive and a disk or a stick and someone yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong. I hope yeah. not because uh, I'm planning <laughs> on using the one I got. If I if it turns out I need to buy another uh, stick then I might be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, like I said, then it, th- there was one bit of news that said Nintendo, you know, was going to include eight gigabytes, and then later on, Iwata made like a comment during like a investors meeting or something like that after the fact, and I, the, the Japanese meet like how he said it in Japanese is it's you can like interpret it in a couple of different ways. Like one of the ways I've seen it like kind of transcribed, and even like, looking at it myself, one of it was something like, you know, we haven't said anything about the included hard drive in you know the wii u and another one says we haven't said anything about a hard drive in the wii u basically almost implying that you know there is no hard drive there is nothing there is no internal storage i mean obviously you're going to have to have some kind of storage for you know firmware and stuff like that i mean that that's obvious you know but outside of that it's it's i don't know doesn't it just i think yeah i think i i predicted this almost a year ago and i think i said something like um, it's going to have you know a couple of gigabytes internal, and then it's going to come with a 16 gig um, SD card. They're just going to treat it like the 3DS. You know? Yeah, they're just bigger. I'm not. I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised by this, but it's just annoying. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So um, obviously, Dan's uh, signed out for this uh, segment, but um, Dan was most excited about Animal Crossing, which was not mentioned at all um in fact it was only just mentioned on the nintendo direct uh, yesterday's nintendo direct and it still doesn't have a release date outside of japan and he was also excited about full games uh, downloadable full games on the eShop, which like we've said wasn't really talked about that much and the other thing was he wanted to see the wii u's os um, which we didn't see much of at all. We kind of saw the Miiverse thing, but they kind of hid what the home screen or the rest of it's going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. We don't really know what the rest of it is right. going to be like, or how even how you access it, or you know, you know how it pauses and how it works like that. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And uh, the thing he was most worried about was little talk of the 3DS. <laughs> and I think he was pretty much spot on there. Wow. <laughs> three games and uh, they say they didn't even allow you to play new super mario brothers 2 until the last day yeah yeah a bit of a disaster there day of crisis day of crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of fixed it with this the nintendo direct this week right mm-hmm. um, lots of 3ds talk there there you go yeah the internet seemed to be pretty pleased with the nintendo Direct this week anyways mm-hmm. yeah it was the E3 we should have had. <laughs> so, Matt, um, obviously you went on uh, Family Cast 12, but well, going into E3, what was the thing that you were most excited about learning about the Wii U? Or... Well, 
No, I don't know. I, I was ex excited to see more of the Wii U myself. Uh, there wasn't anything in particular that I was really thinking, hey, okay. this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just in general. In general, exactly. Yeah. And was there anything you worried that they weren't going to talk about and then they didn't talk about? <laughs> no. I, I was just... Here's the thing, man. I've been a Nintendo fan for years, right? So <laughs> I know not to expect anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very smart guy. I was just excited that I got to see a Nintendo press conference at all. And then... And then I was lucky enough to see Iwata holding some bananas. That was great. <laughs> Reggie made a couple crazy hamburger statements. Good for him. Scott Moffat, I don't know. He had some flop sweat. Poor guy. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, yes, just, just happy, happy to have another E3. And there's going to be more Nintendo games coming out. That's a very, that's the thing that's the most positive thing anyone said on any of the Nintendo World Report podcasts. <laughs> my, my expectations are non-existent, that's why. <laughs> very smart, very smart. Okay, guys, that about wraps up the episode. So, let's uh, finish up this episode by uh, giving out our Twitter handles and also reading out our last uh, almost interesting tweet. So my Twitter handle is at Famicomplicated, and uh, my last tweet uh, was in response to uh, Lindy uh, from RFN. Uh, he was, uh, <laughs> there was in a big discussion with uh, Zach and uh, Lindy about the uh, 3DS XL, and uh, Lindy was a bit, um, bit down on it and saying it was kind of, um, that the 3DS doesn't really, it doesn't really have any meaning to exist. <laughs> and uh, I responded with, um, you're missing one crucial point, Lindy. Now you're playing with power. <laughs> and, uh, Hard R. That pretty much destroyed his argument. Mm -hmm. Case closed, Lindy. Game over. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Danny? Yeah, um, my Twitter handle is at Danny Biv, B-I-V as in Victor. Uh, one of the last posts I made actually talking about um, Circle Pad Pro and Monster Hunter 4 because some people were kind of like saying stuff like, oh my god, you know, with 3DS XL coming out, LL coming out, um, what does that mean for, like, Monster Hunter fans in Japan and stuff like that, and, you know, honestly, well, like, what I, what I said is, like, you know, uh, hold on, CirclePad Pro, Circle Pad Pro support for the new 3DS in Japan won't stop Monster Hunter 4 from selling, uh, most Japanese gamers I've met that have tried G don't or don't use a circle pad pro anyway i mean so it's just kind of irrelevant to the success of monster hunter 4 hmm. boom yeah i don't see that many people with the circle pad pro and interesting when i do it's always them playing monster hunter i have yet to see somebody playing it with say revelations for instance yeah mm -hmm. it's just a monster hunter attachment isn't it yeah <laughs> okay matt you're up next so my twitter handle is gypsy otoko so gypsy and then o-t-o-k-o and my last tweet actually was uh, in that same thread that James had with Lindy there. I just said <laughs> he had made some joke about uh, LL Cool J and linking that to the uh, 3DS XL. And so I just said to him, not as cool as Big Papa Lindy, however. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a boring tweet. My last interesting tweet would have been, have the Olympics already begun? Did I miss the opening ceremony? <laughs> I woke up this morning and saw a bunch of tweets about the Olympics and started to spaz out. <laughs> I think I responded to that one, right? I told you yep. when it actually happens, right? 27th of July, right? So the day before the release of the Nintendo 3DS LL and Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers 2. So that's exciting. 
Okay, so I'll do Dan's. Uh, his is at Nintendan. And his last tweet was, uh, I am typing this tweet with the Nintendo wireless keyboard, which came with Pokemon typing. So I guess he just bought Pokemon typing. <laughs> that Pokemon P keyboard, that'll get the chicks, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Danny, could you... Uh, could you read Minoru's? Uh, here's one from uh, Minoru. It's N-W-R underscore Minoru, Minoru, and it's spelled M as in Mary, I-N as in Nancy, O-R-U. Uh, 3DS XL green looks cool too. Then he has a picture, but it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. Okay, just while we're talking about Twitter, <laughs> I got this great... Somebody followed, started following me. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, I was like, who the hell is this? And it was datebytype.com. <laughs> and this is like, <laughs> do you remember in the, the episode that we did uh, with Minoru at the university? Mm -hmm. uh, went after the, we did the, uh, the Street Pass video? Yes. Like, <laughs> we were talking about blood types and stuff. I think somebody listened to the Famicast and then, you know, and then decided to follow me, you know, based on that. So it's this website all about, you know, dating people based on their blood type. But it's it's all in English, so <laughs> I, I'm completely confused. <laughs> I'm going to start following them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if you want to date people based on their blood type, go to datebytype.com. All right. <laughs> Our sponsor for today. Our sponsor, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So uh, that's the end of the podcast. That was a pretty epic one, guys. Uh, <laughs> Well over three hours, I think. Um, I, I like to. I like to. Well, I hope that people uh, appreciate that we kind of incorporate all three of the Nintendo World Report podcasts in ours. You know, we've got the we've got the new business from RFN. We have the news from Connectivity, and we have the music from Radio Trivia. So I, we hope you're satisfied in the end, because it's only once a month. We like to do a bit of a blowout. So uh, at uh, as I mentioned, those podcasts, please um, listen to all of uh, the great podcasts we have on NintendoWorldReport.com and rate and review them. We would greatly appreciate that. And uh, now that the episode's come to a close, um, please jump into the talkback thread related to this episode. You'll get the links to the YouTube videos of the commercials that we're talking about. You'll have a link to the uh, Japan Crew questions thread. And you'll also get the answers to all the music uh, the music that were being played in this episode, so you'll be able to find out uh, what those music tracks were, if you've been trying to guess. Oh yeah, and uh, before before we finish, um, so next episode, Famicast 14, I will not uh, be taking part because um, I'll be going back to the UK to uh, for a little short vacation, um, which will unfortunately overlap with uh, when we usually record the show. So uh, it's up to Danny next uh, episode, so good luck with that. So, that's it. And so, Danny, thank you for sticking with me for three hours. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and Matt, thanks for jumping on in the second segment. Thanks for having me, man. Until next time, Sammy Crew out. Peace.
Nintendo on that endo. GameCube Nintendo. Bob was intent, so you can't see up in my window. Have you guys ever beaten uh, a world in Mario 2? Lost Levels? Oh, I beat the whole game. You beat the whole right. game? Man, when I was a kid, when that game came out, uh, Nintendo Power at the time, they had this thing where you could, if you could, what is it? So in order to get through the Lost Levels, you could you could go through the Lost Levels, and if you did it without warping at all, you could get to a special World 9, which you wouldn't be able to go through. No if, way. Yeah, if, if you did any warping. So when I was a kid, I made that like my goal that I had to be able to do this. So at first I did it when I was a kid. And... Um, you know, I was so proud of myself, and there was this thing where if you took a picture and sent it to Nintendo Power, you'd get something. I, I don't think I ever took the picture, but I did do it. And then um, I actually, just maybe I think sometime last year, actually, I was on a bit of a Mario kick with my wife, and we were sitting there, and uh, we were talking about how hard it is. My wife's like, it's not hard. I, you know, I can beat this game, no problem. I was like, oh, really? So we ended up uh, basically tag-teaming it and um, playing all the way through that, that game then sometime last year, too. So you did you play it like originally? Was that part of All Stars? Yep, exactly. All part of All Stars, and actually last year too, it was it was part of All Stars. But it was the you know the the Mario anniversary twenty fifth anniversary disc. <laughs> yeah, we were just slagging that off in the previous segment. <laughs> yeah. Such a ripoff. <laughs>